Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. This week we are going to be talking about the television show Dexter. So this should be a lot of fun. Um, this is one of my personal favorite all-time favorite shows uh, and it would be my absolute number one all-time favorite show if it wasn't for a few things they ended up doing with it but I'm gonna have a lot of fun talking about this one uh, but before we get into Dexter I'm gonna go around the room and have our panel introduce themselves and tell me one thing they're excited about right now in pop culture go ahead and start with you Carla hi I'm Carla Demis and this week I've been chugging down Lucifer episodes Lucifer episodes as if they were <laughs> um fudge covered Oreos which I have also been chugging so it's been a very good week for me. Um, I don't know about my health, but my my uh, TV brain and my mouth are very happy. And I was also delighted to discover the character Ella on Lucifer, who is played yes. by Amy Garcia, who is Jamie mm-hmm. on Dexter. So I have kind of yep. stayed on topic, go me. And she's just fantastic. <laughs> she's amazing. And I, she's uh, she made me happy in both shows. So way to go, Amy Garcia. <laughs> yeah, she's she's great. And I'm excited that you're still into Lucifer right now and, and watching that one. It's, so, it's getting cool. difficult for me, but, you know. <laughs> it's getting difficult yeah. for you? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm in season four, which is, I don't know if it's their first Netflix season. It is. I think that's their best. Season. Really? Yeah. Okay. We'll have to talk about this oh, yeah. offline because <laughs> I have issues. But go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And um, Sasha. Yeah. So I'm not watching nearly anything as entertaining as Lucifer because I've already been there, binge that. Um. So I'm going back, kind of, uh, you know, old stuff and watching Hawaii Five O right now, which is. Maybe not quite fandom related, but uh, I'm really enjoying the old uh, old cop shows right now. Um, they're just kind of brain candy. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's where my brain is at during all of this. I just need something that doesn't <laughs> require any focus at all that I can just put on and it yeah. can be background noise and pretty green scenery. <laughs> I'm giving you um, a virtual fist bump because that's where I am, too. Yeah. 
<laughs> gotta yeah. do what you gotta do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I was telling you this on Facebook, Sasha, but it's so funny that, cause, and you're talking about the most recent one that has Scott yes, yes. on it, right? When I said that was that, but yeah, it's so funny because he keeps coming up in these various ways where I had a dream about oh, him, right? let's do an interview <laughs> with him. And a couple of people have mentioned Hawaii Five O, and I just have to say I've I've met a few celebrities in my time, and he is probably him and Lily Taylor are the nicest celebrities I have ever met. So I will say that, and I you know he's and he's very very short. So I always like to say that just because <laughs> he's the same height as me. So I'm short, so it always makes me look good. Um, but yeah, so so I don't know what that's trying to tell me. Maybe I should watch that show. Maybe that's what it's trying to tell you me. You know what? So, you need to turn anyway. off your brain for an hour. I'm telling you, you can just drop in on any episode of Hawaii Five O. There, you don't need to know anything. There are bullets <laughs> flying. It's absolute chaos, and they do the dumbest things. I'm so like, why would you go up to your perp that you're trying to catch and announce Hawaii Five O from three blocks away? <laughs> makes no sense. That's funny. Something blows up. That's it's funny. all, it's the exact same. So brain candy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll have to add that to my list. Yeah. So, and I, and I know that does have, I, that actually does have a pretty passionate fandom. There's a lot of fanfic out there that I've, I've seen. I don't, don't ask me why I've run across it. Cause I've never watched oh. the show, but so I think it does. So I should probably put that on our list of possible shows to do in the future. Okay. Well, this is Aaron. And right now I am into um, this documentary that I watched on Netflix called circus of books. And it is all about this family who in the eighties ran uh, the most famous um, gay pornography store in um, Los Angeles. And it was, and you know, it was hardcore porn was a lot of the stuff there. They also sold other magazines and books and cards. And, and what's so interesting about um, the documentary, you know, is it's this couple that on the surface you would never think would be running a porn store. They actually ended up making pornographic films as well. Um, And one of them, the, the mother, she is very, very into her faith. Um, and so she sometimes feel, felt conflicted about it uh, and still, I think, struggled with that throughout her whole life. The dad was a little bit more open. But it's interesting hearing from people that worked there and people talking about how in that time that was like a refuge for them. Um, and they were able to find community and feel accepted and welcomed when the world was really turning their backs against them, especially they, they also talk about the AIDS epidemic and how they would just, you know, have friends that were just dying constantly and how no one seemed to care. And it's just a very interesting documentary. So I highly recommend that one. That one's streaming again on Netflix. Okay, so let's get into Dexter. Um, so I know that Carla just recently watched it. Um, and then Sasha, did you, did you watch it when it was on Showtime? So um, yes and no. I started it way back like the original i think the first two seasons and then um a couple years ago or whenever it was that it was i think i could watch it all on netflix i did a big binge um a couple years ago and that's the last time i watched it so i did not do my homework for this episode um (laughs) i'm gonna apologize in advance for my uh, the dog ate my homework 
<laughs> it's fine. At least you you watched it. Well, and I want to say up front, we are going to be, I don't always say this for shows that are older, but for this one, I definitely want to. We are going to be spoiling the series finale and spoiling a lot of big twists. Like, I'm sure we're going to talk about the end of season four. Um, and lots of different things that happen. So if you have never watched Dexter and you plan on watching Dexter at some point, or if you're in the middle of watching it and you haven't finished it yet, uh, wait (laughs) to listen to this until after you've finished it because you don't want to be spoiled. Um, And then also, if you don't know what Dexter is about, um, Dexter is about Dexter Morgan, who by day is a blood spatter analysis for the Miami police. But at night, he is a serial killer who only targets other murderers. So that's kind of the general outline of it. Um, And Dexter is played by Michael C. Hall and his sister, Deborah Morgan. These are the two main characters is is played by Jennifer Carpenter. And a little trivia quickly, if you didn't know, Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter were married for a few years. They got divorced while the show was still on. Um, but so that's just a little bit of interesting trivia that I know sometimes find, some people find a little weird when they're watching. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but anyway, okay, so let's get into Dexter here. Um, we're going to start just with the character of Dexter and just get your general thoughts on him and then go into a very, into a few other things. Um, Carla, what are your general thoughts on Dexter? You know, I was, when I went into start watching this show, I'm the kind of person that when there's an anti-hero or a, a guy who's just, um, you know, the main character of a show, even though he's kind of a despicable human being, I don't really see much opportunity for redemption for them um mm-hmm. unless it's for you know if they're there to hear for like a minor reason but this this guy's a murderer and he enjoys murder and he um he, he that who's in his life <clears throat> pardon me and i just uh, i was never like on dexter's side put it that way um mm-hmm. i found dexter to be an interesting character for sure. I thought that he was uh, just very interesting to to watch to see how he operates. Um, and of course, you know it, it's a TV show, so you can't really base real life opinions on what somebody with his particular condition might be like in real life. But if they got any of it right, then it's uh, just an interesting take on what goes through the mind of somebody who would think that they don't have any control over their desire to kill other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and another thing though, is that I was very distracted by how much mouth breathing he did. <laughs> and it was very off putting to me. So there were a lot of scenes where I was just like, close your damn mouth. <laughs> so that's my take on Dexter. <laughs> I know I'm going to be defending Michael C. Hall. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the mouth breathing man. That's I funny. was just like, oh my God, come on. That's funny. Uh, well, Sasha. I'm the opposite of Carla and I love Dexter. I love the idea of Dexter. Um, I think he, his character embodies like the worst part of ourselves, you know, because I don't, this, this might be a little TMI, but you know, I have a running list of names in my head that I'm like, oh my God, that person. 
you know, <laughs> obviously I'm not a psychopath. I'm not going to go out and murder anybody, but you know, he is, and he's kind of killing bad guys who, you know, I don't know. Do they deserve it? Maybe. Is he helping? Maybe. Is it the right way to do it? Oh, hell no. He's going about it all wrong. He's right. going about it all, all wrong. But it is that, you know, it's that challenge of he knows law enforcement. He knows how it works. Can he commit the perfect murder? You know, that's what all all serial killers and all those people do is try and figure out how to commit the perfect one. Um, but I love the character of Dexter. I love the uh, duality he has where he is in law enforcement, but he is this like at night serial killer vigilante guy. Um, I did not notice the mouth breathing. So <laughs> I may have to go back and watch some episodes to see the mouth <laughs> issue. Um but I feel like he is that darkest part of our brains that nobody wants to admit. And that's kind of his role. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree with that part. Yeah. And I'm going to say just first off, I, I rewatched it after Carla had told me about the mouth breathing thing <laughs> before when she was watching it. And so I just recently rewatched it. I, couldn't get I didn't have a chance to get through every season so I kind of skipped around and made sure I watched the series finale again before uh, we recorded this and I didn't personally notice it and it could be I am a huge huge Michael C. Hall fan big big fan of his I um, watched Six Feet Under before Dexter which was the show that kind of ended a year before Dexter started I believe it was a full year um, or f- at least a few months before Dexter started. And he was so, so good on that show. And his character had the best growth of probably uh, any character in, in a lot of shows, in, at least in recent memory. Um, and he's just, he was, he's just so good. I, and I would love to see him on stage sometimes. So, okay. So I've just, I had to defend him there a little bit because I, he's so amazing. And I'm still mad that he never won an mm-hmm. Emmy for this. It just, especially for season four, it just pisses me off because he did, he put his whole yes. heart into this character. And, you know, this character is, he's a serial killer who, you know, it's, it's weird to, be watching a show at first I think it might take time for some people to get used to watching a show where you are watching it entirely from the viewpoint of a serial killer everything really I mean even scenes that are not in his viewpoint you know that aren't from his viewpoint it's still all centered around him and so that can be a little bit difficult sometimes I think to cope with I guess would be a good word or to um you know, wrap your head around. And I know that this was kind of a controversial show, of course. Uh, It did get really good reviews, but it's still controversial because of the fact that it's centering a serial killer. And even though he kills, for the most part, he, that hasn't always been the case, but he kills, you know, bad people who really, honestly, a lot of them, you could say, might deserve it. (laughs) Some especially might deserve it. Um, so it's this weird duality and, and, and the thing about it is, is that even though he's killing these bad people, he gets off on doing it. It's not like he's really necessarily doing it, I think, because they're bad, even though that's been his code that was instilled in him, we should just say really quickly, by his adopted father. 
um, instilled in him this code to only kill bad people. So I, I, I love the character Dexter. I do at the same time, and this is kind of skipping ahead a little bit and we'll go back to this more. I think he should have been caught and I think everybody should have found out what he did. And I frankly think he should have died in the end of the series. I, that may sound horrible, but I think he should have died. Um, and I think that would have been the best outcome for the show. Um, but I do like the character. I think it was interesting to watch him grow. And in a lot of ways, he became a lot more feeling. He, he, he grew kind of a heart in a way. I won't say entirely because he still was a serial killer. But that was what was so interesting to me was watching him grow and change and through his relationships with people um, becoming more of a real person because he always said he was kind of faking it. And in the end, he said he stopped faking it <laughs> and started really feeling. Um, so I thought that was interesting. So that leads me to this do you think the show wanted us to be on his side? Do you think that was the ultimate goal of the show? Or do you think it just wanted us to feel these ambiguous feelings of like being conflicted about whether or not we should be rooting for this guy? What do you think, Carla? I, it's very ambiguous to me. I think that was pretty much on purpose because I, I, you know, certainly we're seeing his side of things and his just justifications and all of the, um, the coaching from Harry so, you know, they're just presenting these things to us. But I think ultimately it's not like a push for us to be on his side, especially when you're, you know, they bring um, Deb's point of view on on mm -hmm. uh, on crime, on law and everything as a comparison, because that's what's more the, um, I would say, like a more mainstream way of thinking about this kind of thing. So I think part of the reason that Deb is there is to kind of provide a balance through which we can see Dexter's action. So that it's not just we're getting all these justifications. We're also seeing it from the point of view of somebody who doesn't, who's not privy to everything going on in his, in his head. So, and, and I, 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 I did appreciate that as a viewer, because if there's one thing that I don't like on TV shows is when the act, the antihero is just, straight up presented as the good guy unequivocally. Like we just don't understand him kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they shove them down your throat. Like you're going to like him. He's a good guy. You're going to like him. You're going to like him. It doesn't matter what he does. You have to like him. Um, but I think that's Dexter is one of those characters that you can love him or hate him. And it, it still won't change the show. Right. So if you hate his character and you want him mm -hmm. to die in the end, you're going to continue watching because you're like, God, this guy just deserves to get killed in the end or, you know, but you're still kind of on his side because then you're like, oh, well, the guy he killed was really bad. So he deserved to die. So it's that weird, mm -hmm. you know, play of, you know, the lesser of two evils almost um, in the cases of the murder. Yeah. So I do think that they kind of want you to be, at least to be empathetic towards him, maybe not necessarily on his side, but when they, you know, start talking about how he came to be who he is, you know, and the background of his childhood and how he ended up, you know, getting adopted, like all of that kind of plays on your emotions of, Oh, this poor kid. No wonder he's the way he is. Um, so they kind of justify it in a way and 
are kind of leading you towards that. But I think it's more empathy and understanding where he came from than necessarily like you will be on his side or give right. up on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said. Yeah. I think it is a very ambiguous thing. And I think um, it's really left up to the viewer to decide how they feel, which I think is a good way to handle this. If you're going to be having a show focused on a serial killer um, who is, you know, who has this, life and people seem to really love him and you know he's killing bad guys then i think it is good to have it where you decide where the viewer decides where they're not flat out saying yeah he kills people but they're bad so you should be on his side or yeah he's purely evil so you shouldn't be on his side i think that's the better way to do this if you're going to do a show about a serial killer um i do think however and we'll get, you know, maybe I should save this for when we're talking about the ending. I, I do think, however, that the way they end it tries to sort of take some of that away in a way. I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it um, mm -hmm. we'll get into that when we get into the ending. But I don't think the show flat out wants us to be on his side. But I think it does have moments where it wants us, like you guys have said, to feel some empathy for him. Like finding out, I mean, what happened to his mother if, if people you know, just to refresh people's memory on that, um, you know, his mother was brutally, mm -hmm. brutally murdered, you know, chopped up and him and his brother, um, Brian Mo Moser, who's discovered in the end of uh, the first season, were left in this storage tank for, what was it, like two or yeah. four days? I can't remember now. In blood, in like waist deep blood, these little kids. I mean, Dexter was like three. Yeah. And I mean, that's, so disturbing that is beyond disturbing that is a horrible horrible tragic event to happen you know and so yes you feel empathy for that but at the same time you also have to go well lots of kids have been put through hell and they don't end up killing people you know and both of them became serial killers so it's very interesting to see them both turn to that but that doesn't always happen um but what's interesting about that and we'll get into it here when we talk about um the serial killers that have been on the show, but it's interesting. Um, the difference between Brian and Dexter, I think that's a very interesting little balancing act there. And we'll get into that. Cause I think that's who Dexter would have turned into as someone more like Brian, if he didn't have his, Oh, for he sure. Didn't have Harry in the code. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been that. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think it just flip flops a little bit and goes back and forth. And that's why I think it's a good idea that you have characters mm -hmm. on there who discover who he is and flat out say, you know, you're sick, you're disgusting, you're that so that you do have people that are like, look, this is not okay. Or even the reaction of Harry when Harry first sees I, him after he's killed but I someone. Think also Harry immediately saw both of them, both of the kids as, you know, potentially mm -hmm. damaged goods. And he even said that, well, it was even um, said that he left Brian behind because he was like, no, this kid's too far gone. And it's just, yeah. you know, and, and he's, uh, trying, he's uh, what's it called, leading Dexter to use his evil for good kind of thing. But, you know, there was, okay, Harry is not, a psychologist and he's not somebody who is in the position to make those kinds of decisions for these kids. He's just assuming things and mm -hmm. acting on those assumptions. So who knows if 
Brian was truly that far gone. And who knows if maybe with mm-hmm. a different kind of approach, Dexter could have been able to live with his urges or at least suppress them to mm-hmm. a degree such that he didn't have to end up killing anybody. But Harry just seemed to uh, be like, well, this is what it is. And I guess we're just going forward with this under this assumption. And and that was really, once they started uh, bringing that into the fore, it was very disheartening to see that these kids never really had a chance to be anybody but what Harry had decided mm-hmm. who they would be. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. And that will lead us into, we're going to skip ahead here. Um, and instead of getting into Dexter and his relation, his various love interests, we're going to just talk about him and his dad, because that is the relationship that I think really, really formed who Dexter is. Um, and like you said, his dad basically decided, well, I'm going, his dad kind of yeah. used him in a lot of ways. If you want to really look at that, his dad used him to take out the trash, you know, so to speak. Um, I think his dad was so terrified and didn't know how to handle this situation and felt this tremendous guilt. I think his dad was also um, under this weight of guilt because he had an affair with Dexter's Dexter's mom, which, you know, you find out. And I think he felt this guilt for not that he wasn't able to save his mom. So he took on one of the kids because he thought in his mind that Brian was too far gone to save so he's going to save this younger kid. And then when he starts to see that this kid has, um, you know, has, has a tendency to be violent or I think one of the first things he finds out, of course, is that he killed an animal, which is, as everyone knows, one of those things that is a sign of being a serial killer. It doesn't necessarily mean you will become one, but that's, you know, one of the big signs. Um, and instead of getting him some real help, and I'm putting season eight aside here because that yeah. was just awful what they did there. But um, instead of getting him real help, he decides to use it, you know. Um, so let's get into a little bit more about Harry because Harry was a cop. If you don't know that. Um, and Harry is the one who created the code for Dexter and created, you know, how he would go about. And he'd have to prove that these people really were monsters and that they really did deserve quote-unquote deserve to die on Dexter's table um so let's talk about that and and the the way because Harry is seen throughout the series um he's kind of like that angel on Dexter's Mm -hmm. shoulder in a way um so let's go and talk about that Carla do you have what more do you want to add about Harry so I'm I'm gonna (laughs) actually leave with season eight and with Dr. Evelyn Bogle simply because of this is one of those instances in which a show goes about painstakingly laying out a mythology for the character and a very deep, Mm -hmm. um, I guess, uh, architecture for how this character becomes who he is and all of that. And then just completely undermines it by deciding to bring in a, a third party who was behind all of this. She's the one who orchestrated it. She was the mastermind. And that I think was just an absolute narrative error that they could not have done Mm -hmm. a worse disservice to the show or to Harry or to Dexter than bringing in Dr. Evelyn Bogle to be the one on whom they could lay the fault for Harry's terrible parenting. 
um, it's a complete cop-out. And it, it's also, and this could be a whole other thing, but this thing of where like, it's the woman who's at fault and uh, the men are just, you know, being bumbling men, doing the best they can, but it's a woman who comes in and screws it up. But aside from that, from that season, I thought it was very interesting that the way the Harriet was presented changed as the seasons progressed. In season one, even part of season two, Harriet would pop up now and then. It was mostly in flashbacks and uh, just little moments where Dexter would um, would be thinking thinking through something on his own, and then you know he would think of what Harry would say to him. And it became, um, if you watch Criminal Minds and you, you watch how they talk about a, um, a a person who is who's having a breakdown and it, it's very fast in Criminal Minds. Like, you know, the person is doing their criminal thing and then you have the psychotic break where you, their voices start to be more persistent and just be there more. And that's kind of what happens, but in a more prolonged way on Dexter where Harry... Um, is there more often he's he's suddenly there when other people are present uh he is guiding more and more of dexter's actions and even to in in some cases becomes the devil on his shoulder rather than the angel and and, uh and he goes from like you know being in this kind of softly like ghostly ethereal kind of presentation to being a more solid persona his wardrobe changes his uh um, his mm-hmm. his way of speaking to Dexter changes as these seasons go on, and so it, it, it's kind of um, like I said, like the the Criminal Minds um, psychotic break thing, but it's also kind of giving an out to Dexter that like, well, yeah, he did all of this, but it's also because he's clearly having more and more issues that he can't deal with on his own, and so Harry becomes more of a um, of a culpable party even though he's part of, of Dexter. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Harry, when he was alive, made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. I've already talked about how he decided Brian and Dexter's fate from the moment that he that he went into that cargo container. Aaron, you brought up how his guilt mm-hmm. over his um, lover's kids being present that something that, that he kind of uh sent her to die kind of thing um mm-hmm. plays into it and then you also have the, the way that he treated deborah his other child whom because he he was focusing so much on shaping dexter's future he neglected deb and how those actions affected deb's decisions also going forward um so I, yeah. I think the first couple of seasons, Harry's presented as an infallible father figure. And as you as you go on, and I don't know if this was their intent from the beginning, you start to it, that starts to unravel. So I don't know if that was their if they decided to do that consciously, then that's one thing. But if they just kind of tore the image of Harry apart for the sake of uh, justifying Dexter and his actions then I, I would be interested to find out more about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I yeah, think and, and, uh, Carla Sasha. pretty much covered it. Um, I just want to throw out that, you know, the decision that Harry made was a split second knee jerk response for the boys. It wasn't, I don't feel like it was really, mm-hmm. you know, like he pondered and did, you know, charts and graphs and pros and cons of, you know, should I save them both? Should I save one? If I save which one, yeah. you know, <laughs> I think it was kind of a, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I do, I agree that he was so focused on uh, Dexter that it, Deb got kind of the short stick, which might justify her uh, choice in men later and how her relationships form. Cause She's not exactly healthy either um, in her approach to life. So, yeah, I mean, Carla pretty much covered it all. So, good job. <laughs> That's a very kind way of saying Carla. Yeah, shut yeah, the hell Carla. Up. No, not at all. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I could feel myself start to like over talk and I was no, like, I, I stop, th- it, stop it, stop it, stop <laughs> it. No, I think what I think you really nailed it and explained it very well. And I think, you know, it, it's really interesting watching Harry through the seasons. And like you said, with his wardrobe changing and the lighting around him changing. And season four is really fascinating because, you know, Dexter has this life where he's married, he has a kid, and it's like the quote unquote American dream. And he's wrestling with that and how his life as a killer fits in with his life as a father, especially when he starts interacting with the Trinity killer. And we'll definitely get into that more. Um, And, you know, I'm just I'm on the Dexter wiki right now and, and reading up on Harry Morgan through each season. And season four to me sticks out the most um, because he started to show up a lot more frequently um, and he kept warning Dexter, you know, warning him that, the Trinity killer was a dangerous man and Dexter needed to take him out and Dexter wants to learn from him. And, and I think, you know, because Dexter didn't listen to that part of his brain, which is Harry, because it's not really Harry. It's the other side of Dexter talking to him basically is how I view Harry as far as how Dexter sees him. And um, when he's in that ghost like state Um, and he didn't listen to him. And then Dexter ended up losing that American dream you know, in the end. So it's kind of like Dexter didn't listen to his conscience and then lost everything. So I think that's really interesting way to do it. Um, And yeah, I'm not, I'm, you know, I think, I think you covered it great, the season eight stuff and what they did to Harry. Um, And yeah, Harry's relationship with Deb is such an interesting thing too. Um, And we're going to get into Deb here, of course, really soon, but um, yeah, he's, it's just a fascinating fascinating character to watch especially the way they framed him throughout the seasons especially the earlier seasons um so yeah i think think we covered that really well um so let's get into dexter and his relationship with women um because he has had quite a few love interests throughout the show um he married one of them rita um and i've been doing polls throughout the week and the most popular poll i did because most of them actually weren't that popular but um was the one about dexter's love interests (laughs) and i had on there rita who is the woman that he married and had his child harrison with lila from season two lumen from season five and then hannah from season seven and season eight 
Um, and Hannah received <laughs> no votes. Because <laughs> she's awful. <laughs> Not a single one. <laughs> so I don't think Hannah's very liked. And Rita won. Um, but Lila and Lumen each received a couple of votes. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about his love interests and who maybe everyone's favorites are or how you think those were handled. I, I really like Rita. I thought that she was the one who suffered the most um, at Dexter's hands. Though most of it was passive. It was, you know, largely his absences, his concealment of who he is and what he's doing, the way that um, that he just gaslit her a lot. Um, and of course, eventually being killed for his mistakes. But also I thought, you know, honestly, a lot of the time, especially going uh, through season four, I was convinced that the writers were going to reveal that she had known all along who he was and that she was kind of using that um, to her benefit when it suited her. Because, you know, as... Um, gosh golly dang pure as Rita seemed you know she had been married to to Paul who was awful and had had a, a secret marriage even before that and had maybe some skeletons in her closet that we never really got around to but you know it, it, it was um just the convenience of oh gosh Dexter I'm having such a hard time with this and Dexter goes and takes care of it surreptitiously um, and I thought that would have been a much more interesting story than just killing her off and bringing in other love interests hmm. um, just because they were blonde, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like, we went through, through, through different That's shades crazy. of the of the Clairol collection of blondes that you could have, I guess. I don't that know. is so true. It's just like, hey, well... <laughs> So I never even thought like, about that. Lila and Lila true. was, you know, <laughs> on purpose the complete opposite of Rita, even down to her hair. So, mm-hmm. but if you if you notice, like, yeah. Dexter, Dexter's type seemed to be blondes. His mom was what redhead, and so some she's kind of blonde too. Yeah, but but yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought it would have been a much more interesting path to take to. Um, explore that and they did seem to bring up a couple of things where where Rita was kind of sketch but you know they didn't go that way because what they did do they killed her and they they did it you know after yeah. she's put in so much effort as a character to be there for Dexter to try to have a good life with him to try to give him a good life and and um uh but then also you look at it as um you know how you you know if you read online the the Reddit posts or the, the the relationship Reddit things, and everybody's like dump that mm-hmm. guy and we don't need him and you can do better and all this stuff. That that's how I felt about Rita a lot of the time. It's like you don't need this guy. Like I know that you've gone through things and he seems like a like a much better person in comparison to your previous husband, but you can do better than a guy who just randomly leaves and you know has this mysterious other life that he won't let you in on. Um, Second to that, Lumen, I thought, was actually a pretty interesting character. Um, And that's despite how how little tolerance I have for Julia Stiles in general. (laughs) I'm not her biggest fan. 
but I thought <laughs> Lumen was was interesting because she recognized, you know, she she knew what Dexter was. He obviously she, she had no choice but to know who who he was because he rescued her while killing somebody else, and he helped her to take down her mm-hmm. bad guys. Um, and it was kind of a shame that in the end she was like, "Yeah, I'm out." Like, you've served your purpose in my life, and I'm ready to move on. Um, And it's understandable, absolutely, but it still made me kind of sad because I thought that they could have maybe healed together. Although, I mean, like, Dexter was pretty far gone, let's face it. Um, uh, And then it was a toss-up for a bit about whether I hated Lila or Hannah more. Um, (laughs) They were both trash, and I did not (laughs) like either of them from the moment I laid eyes on them. Um, but Lila at least was dispensed with right away. Well, not right away, but you know, fairly expeditiously. But I, I will never be able to take kindly to somebody who kidnaps kids to get a dude's attention and put them in harm's way. Like that is just an irredeemably, mm-hmm. irredeemably, irredeemable. Oh my God, my English, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's bad. <laughs> no, me gusta yes, cuando tratan de matar a los niños. Eso no me gusta. It's all bad. Um, so. Yes. And, but, but then Hannah was just, I mean, from the moment that you meet her, it's like, ah, she's the bad guy. Like there, there's, <laughs> because she's just like, so, oh, hi everybody. I'm just here with my plants and like, I'm such, yeah. such a good person. It's like, yeah, clearly mm-hmm. you killed some, you killed some people. Um, and she just was completely remorseless and they, they bring up, you know, what she went through in life and all of that. But in a way, her, uh, way of killing is even worse because she doesn't see it, to her it, it's um it's not a crime of passion it's not a crime of convenience uh well, no, rather it is a crime of, of convenience for her it's like whatever suits mm-hmm. her goals well that person go down it's not it's not even necessarily a bad person it's just a person who stands in her way which is you know yeah, she's, yeah, absolutely. She's a narcissist. And, you know, the, the fact that, that, mm-hmm. that you know, she tried to kill Deb and then Dexter was like, oh, yeah, that, that kind of soured me on Hannah pretty yeah. well. What so are your thoughts, I Sasha? liked the Rita story, like him kind of getting domesticated in a way. Um, you know, it was interesting to see him try and reconcile family life with you know the rest of his life um i feel like there was a huge disservice done to her at the end of her uh, mm-hmm. and i know we'll get into that later so yeah. I, i'll leave that alone but it just kind of the way that that whole thing with her ended was just crap like she deserved a little bit better than that um and then i since i haven't watched it in a long time i had to quickly wiki some of the people. And so Lumen, I had forgotten about that storyline. Um, <laughs> and so when I was kind of catching up on it, it, for me, I recall that she was, you know, yes, Dexter rescued her. They hooked up. It was this great thing. They had this great thing going where they were going after her people. And then once that was done, she's like, okay, I'm good. Um, and it was for me, I know that Carla was kind of like bummed about it, but he Dexter served a purpose for her in that what he called his dark passenger and her dark passenger hers wasn't really like his 
So his motive mm-hmm. is different than hers. She just wanted straight out, like, these no, guys hurt me. They're bad. They need to go. And once that was done, she's like, I have no other bad guys. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dexter always has another bad guy. And so that kind of mm-hmm. created that rift for them. Um, yeah. Because she was just like, I, I don't actually need to kill people. This was, I'm trying to right a wrong that happened to me. Um, so that's kind of my two cents on the women portion there. And I, I agree about Rita being the best one. You know, what's interesting is I remember when this show was first on, people did not like Rita. I can people see that actually. People did not like her at all. Uh, so it's so, it's so interesting to me that, you know, listening to everybody say that they like her on here, including me and the fact that she won the poll. And I don't know if it's just people thinking about it as an afterthought or the fact that all his other love interests paled in comparison or something, but it's just fascinating to me. Cause I do remember that being a big issue where people were just like, <laughs> Oh, I just want to get rid of this woman. I don't want her in the show anymore. And I think there were actually a lot of people that were relieved when she died because they didn't want her on the show anymore. Um, and I remember being kind of an outlier of being like, yeah, I, I, I like her a lot. I like that. She, um, is such a good person. She's a genuinely good person. I don't think there's really necessarily a mean bone in her body. I mean, I think she would kill for her children. I think she would do that if she was pushed to the limit and had to protect them because she is a fiercely protective mom. But at the same time, she's also dating a guy that she doesn't know he's a serial killer, but you know, she's kind of in some odd way, put them in some sort of danger, even though he would never hurt kids. But, you know, it's, that's an interesting thing to delve into there. But uh, it's interesting though, to be talking about who your favorite love interest is with Dexter, because do you really want him to be with anybody? That's, that's That's a question question. that I always kind of asked myself, because I'd be like, I want, yeah, because when he was with Lila, when he che- when he cheated on Rita, left Rita and started dating Lila, who was trash in my opinion, um, she was very much this. And we we don't like her, right? Those are bad. Um, who would go to great lengths? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we try not to like them. Sometimes they're presented as being, you know. Oh wait, that's another <laughs> not that way. Yeah. Romantic comedies is before. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, uh, but anyway, but, um, sorry, but, but when he cheated, you know, I kept going, God, why would you leave Rita? You should go back to Rita. You should be with Rita. And and then I was like, wait, why should I, why would I want to root for any woman to be with this guy? So it's this interesting sort of thing that you're always kind of wrestling with. And that's why it's interesting to me that this question got the most votes of any, the most attention of any of, of the polls that we did, um, including, you know, who was the best serial killer besides Dexter on the show. So I don't know that that presents this interesting question of, should we really want him to be with a woman? So I just want to ask that really yes. quickly. Should we want no. him to have a partner? I, I really, what do you think, Carla? <laughs> I, I'm no, voting yes. no on this proposition. <laughs> I voted yes. Um, well, didn't you do a body count? And when he was in a relationship, his body count was lower. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, not in each, but in, in season four, when he has, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do that really quickly. I'm just saying, let's look at the data, right? If he's, 
in a relationship, in a marriage. So he's in a committed relationship. He's not yeah, just like yeah, he's... hanging out and dating. When he's married with the family and trying to do that, I'm using yeah. air quotes, so I hope you can hear them, normal lifestyle of the picket fence and the American dream, he's more reserved and trying to fight those urges that he has of his dark passenger that wants him to go out and kill. Right? Right. Yeah, I mean, in season four, he kills um, a total of five <laughs> people, which is a lot. Which is a lot. But when you compare it to season six, where in season six, he doesn't have a relationship. That's true. He does not have a relationship in season six, and that's the season he kills. I'm just saying, so it's pure science and hard people data. In that like, how do you argue with that? <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That that's funny. That's, that's funny. Um, I don't no, know. Does that change no. your there, <laughs> You're arguing with my very sound science. <laughs> your science is like ironclad, and I love it, and I appreciate it. But that's another interesting part of season four. And we'll, we'll talk about that shortly. Cause I think that's the best season of any television show period. So <laughs> that one, the reasons why I think that, but um, yeah, that's really interesting. I wanted to point out really quickly with Lumen. What's fascinating about Lumen is that that mm -hmm. happens right after Rita is murdered, basically. I mean, it's just a little bit a short time after that. And I, and Lumen is the closest love interest for him. That's mm -hmm. the closest to Rita personality wise i mean she's sweet and nice and a good person she's a genuinely good person even though she wants she does help him kill people it's all out of from a different place she's not a she's not a horrible person she's not evil she's not a monster she was put in this terrible awful position and i think a lot of people if they were put in that would probably want revenge um and so she's given that by Dexter. And I think for Dexter, what Lumen represented was a way for him to save Rita. I really think that in a lot of ways, that's what she was, was his way to save her from death, save her from herself and help her get some kind of revenge. I think that's, and that just popped into my head while we were talking about it. Um, but that's the way I kind of view her. And then Hannah is this total polar opposite to that to um to Rita she's like the polar opposite <laughs> except for her hair you know she's she's just this woman who in his mind this is the first person he can be completely and totally himself with and she won't be in his mind possessive like Lila although she really is right you know she tries to kill his sister she does all this stuff that's just she's not and this is why I had person. such a hard time um, with the idea of him so it leaving his beloved son mm -hmm. with this woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Jesus, leave yeah. her with Batista. Yeah, leave her with Jamie. <laughs> like, anybody. Like, even Masuka. Leave, <laughs> leave your child with Masuka before you leave him with somebody who tried to kill your sister. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, that was very weird. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that definitely in a deeper deeper sense okay well let's get into the other big relationships the other relationships in his life are or sorry his relationships with kids um because i think that's a very inter integral part of the series 
Um, and like I mentioned on our U episode, um, I think they did this because even though they already presented the fact that he kills bad guys as a way to try and be on his side sometimes or be conflicted with that, I think the fact that he also loves kids and kids seem to really genuinely love Dexter um, and he's got this code of he would never hurt a kid and he could never imagine hurting a kid and he becomes a father. So I think kids play such a, such a pivotal role for him. Um, so let's get into talking about Dexter with kids. And then when we get back to me, I've got a little bit of trivia about a big difference between the novels um, and the TV it's shows. It's very so interesting start with you, seeing, you know, um, Joe and you and Dexter and Dexter interacting with kids because um, it, it is a different dynamic simply because while Joe is, uh, he has like a more, there are more boundaries in his relationships with, with Paco and with, um, I forget the little girl's name, but they're, he, he's protective of them. He, he wants them, he wants better for them out of life. And he, he does what he can to make their lives uh, obstacle free, to put it one way. Um, he doesn't have that same relationship that, Dexter does with Rita's kids and um, while he and, and most of what we see as the sweet and uh, parental relationship with Rita's kids takes place in the seasons where he tells us that he's faking everything that he's going through the motions and um, just putting on his mm -hmm. best normal person act so you, you do have to wonder how much of that he's uh, supposedly faking versus how much he actually cares for these kids and whether it's a matter of code versus a matter of, uh, of love that he doesn't realize that he feels. Um, because pretty much, you know, Rita dies mm -hmm. and he does his best, but he still ends up sending the stepkids to live with their grandparents. And that that's one thing where I was kind of puzzled because he had come to this realization that he did love Rita, that he did care deeply for her and that the kids, mm -hmm. you know, like he, he goes through this whole thing with the Trinity killer. He says over and over again, you know, don't mess with my family, leave my children alone and all of this and all that. But then I don't know if it's just because they got in his way, I guess, uh, for his killer lifestyle, but the first chance he gets, they're gone to the to the grandparents minus Harrison. And Harrison, yeah, you know, is his biological son. And I don't know if if uh, in what way that that plays a part. But it, it did seem interesting to me that um, that he did that, and especially that he would keep the one child who is realistically most uh, most of an obstacle simply because he's so dependent you know it's not like, like, like you can be like okay well go to your room for a couple mm -hmm. hours and take a nap while I go off and uh, uh, do grown-up stuff <laughs> it's uh it, it, it was an interesting yeah thing to see that and um and it also made me very sad for those kids because while on you Joe's impact on them was overall positive in, in Dexter, Dexter's mm -hmm. impact on his stepkids' lives was not necessarily the same because he basically rejected them as soon as things got tricky for him. Yeah. And 
you know, you can't really imagine what that might do to a kid, especially because like Cody adored him and was, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Cody especially. um, One thing where it was just kind of different for Mm -hmm. me where, and and of course a lot of factors come into play, but it's, it's just an interesting um, way of Mm -hmm. handling it. Don't you think it's easier to like justify in your brain these kids aren't going to be safe with me because I'm a serial killer versus I'm keeping these kids safe because I'm just a stalker. But he's also a killer. Well, yeah, (laughs) but I mean, he's more stalker than killer. Like, Dexter is straight up killer. You know, Joe is killing, and you, he's killing because there's people that are barriers to his stalky. um, And he wants to keep those kids safe. Yeah, but that could be a whole... But that could be a whole thing because Joe kills even innocent people as long as they're in his mm-hmm. way. Whereas Dexter supposedly has this yeah. code that only allows him to kill people who have done wrong. So it's if you're weighing it, it kind of comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, like for Dexter, I mean, the way, yeah. like his own childhood was so unbelievably traumatic beginning like there, you know, to show how he came to be who he is. So is part of that relationship that he has with kids and how he deals with kids more of a defense mechanism for him like i have to keep them at arm's length because i don't want them to end up you know seeing their mother brutally murdered and sitting in their mother's blood for four days i honestly don't think dexter keeps kids at arm's length as much as he keeps other people at arm's length because you see it especially in season one you know, which is, you know, mm-hmm. he, he starts slowly developing feelings. That's what I think happens throughout the whole series is you watch Dexter slowly becoming more human. Um, and when you watch him with kids in that first season, I think that's the only time you really see him fully showing any kind of real emotion is with kids. Like mm-hmm. he seems to genuinely love Rita's kids. Like, I don't even know if he would have stayed with Rita as long as he did if she didn't have kids. In a way, and it could be mm-hmm. that whole thing of wanting to save them and make sure they don't end up like he did. Some in the back of his head, um, even though he didn't at the time know what had happened, so that could have been sort of um, his subconscious doing that. But I do think that's what's so interesting watching him with kids is that right. he never seems to keep them at arm's length. He seems to always want to be with them, help them. He, uh, you right. know, at first I was like, I mean, because only he, he with Rita drops, because you love her. Yeah, kids I mean, because so he really kind of not drops just because she's damaged everything early on, not so much later on, but early on to be with the kids, you know, to go to Cody's events and to help mm-hmm. um, Aster deal with her preteen angst and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's really, but yet at the same time, once kids get out of the kid-kid stage, Mm -hmm. I don't think he knows quite how to handle them the same way. And you watch that with Aster in season four, and that scene where you see the the neighbor guy who ended up, you know, wanting Rita, um, you see that neighbor guy push Cody into the pool, and it's all funny, and Dexter's like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. I guess that's what we have to do, and he pushes (laughs) Aster. Oh my gosh, that was so awful. She's just humiliated, and she just... <laughs> no, and Rita's just like, you can't right. do that, Dexter. And he's like, I don't understand. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like he mm-hmm. understands kids when they're in their child, their innocence stage, their stage where they're not 
I mean, I'm not saying children can't are always innocent, but you know what I mean? Like, the, well, let's be real. Middle schoolers like across the board are difficult. Are getting embarrassed by their parents. Stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So I think that's, but it's just so interesting that kind of that, that shift there with Aster. Um, and I want to point out in the books, and I'm so glad they didn't do this in the series in the books, uh, Aster and Cody start showing um, signs of being homicidal. And because of their traumatization by their abusive father. So Dexter starts to show them the code of Harry. And I think that would have been absolutely atrocious if they had done that in the show, (laughs) frankly. But that's just to let you know. I just Hmm. want to throw out that bit of trivia because I always found that fascinating that that's what originally had happened. And I don't know in the books if he ever actually has a biological son. Um, and I don't think Rita is killed in the books, but I don't know. I never read the books, so I'm just kind of going off of what I've seen online. But, uh, but yeah, that's an interesting little switch up there that I'm glad they didn't do. And I don't think they would have been able to get away with that in the yeah. television show. Frankly, I think people would have turned on the show big time if they had done that. Mm-mm. So, yeah, and I don't think it would have made sense, frankly. Okay, we're going to switch gears a little bit here and go to, I think Dexter is the dark in this show. And I think uh, his sister, his adopted sister, Deborah Morgan, is definitely the light in the show. Um, And I'll just say right up front, she is my all-time favorite female character of any any television show ever. Um, So (laughs) let's go around and talk about her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she's my... She is. She is. And I'll, I'll get into what that is. But um, I'm going to start with Deb, you, Carla. You know, what are your when I started watching the show, from the moment that, that she comes into the, sc- into, onto the screen, I was like, this is a really cool character. You know, she's just uh, very possessive of herself. She knows who she is. She's very comfortable in her own skin. She has zero qualms about who she is. And is very um, forward about who she is. And I thought that was fantastic. And yeah, certainly it doesn't hurt to be the daughter of somebody who was so respected on the force. But she really forged her own path by her own talent. And she was a really good detective. Um, She did really good work, had good instincts and hunches. Now, a lot of that was helped by... Dexter because she would go to him for a lot of things but that's also something that a good investigator does is rely on 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 experts and on opinions and weigh them out and you know go from there um mm-hmm. and I mean th- that's just one of those things that that made her such a cool character but she was also just a cool person and it was really really cool to see somebody just um steam roll over all of these guys who just want to stare at her butt and um and assume that she's not as sharp as she is and you know within two seconds it's like okay yeah I, i'm gonna stay out of this lady's way because clearly she knows what she's talking about and i would be a fool to um to say otherwise um she, she just I, I could go on about her for a while she's a really cool character and, and i was just like in awe of her and that's part you know that, that's just why I was so angry with how the show ended but we'll get to that and I will just leave it at that for now so that I don't get outraged before we go any further mm-hmm. I I 
I don't want to answer anymore because now I'm questioning <laughs> my faulty memory of having not seen it in a long time. But I was not that oh, huh. big of a fan of hers. I felt like she she huh. was there to keep things moving in a way. So, but let's be fair. I haven't watched it in several years, so maybe I need to go back and reassess what my brain is currently it's, remembering. So I'm just going to shut up and let Erin gush about Deb now. Done. No, Sasha, huh. don't worry, she's not going to cut you out of the episode just if, if you don't like Deb. It's probably fine. I, probably huh. fine. And I may as well leave the episode now. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> <probably fine. laughs> hey, I, hey I, I'm not going to Carla out for putting down Michael C. Hall's acting and, you know, with his mouth breathing. Because, because... <laughs> yes um <laughs> that's yeah. really no i think it's interesting to have a different take on her on the show because or on this episode because um i haven't heard anybody really have a different take other than liking her a lot um but yeah i i like i said she's mm-hmm. my favorite all-time favorite fictional female character from television at least uh and you know she wasn't always my favorite when the when the show started i just i loved her but she grew on me so much and what i love about deb is she tries to have this hard exterior you know she curses all the time i mean i, I she says um yeah there will be cursing on this show by the way guys but she says fuck um, I have yes, to she does. trivia here because I know she says fuck an amazing amount of times more than any of the male characters on here. Um, and I think that's kind of rare to see with women on television shows, honestly, but she's not this completely like, you know, Oh, I'm just going to be this, you know, guy or try to be a guy quote unquote, mm-hmm. which is what I think maybe a, a different show might've done with her. Uh, but she says, yeah. yeah, she used the word fuck like 996 that. times throughout the show's eighth season run. And you so, know I'm sorry. Yeah, so that's 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 pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, it's it's her heart that I love so much. She is such a beautiful, beautiful character who so badly um, wants to be accepted. I think that's a big part. That's, that's kind of her Achilles heel is that she never felt completely um, accepted by her father. Um, Her father always, you know, seemed to favor Dexter. I mean, and she didn't learn until later why that really was. Um, And I think she just always wanted her father's approval and her father's love and her father to um accept her fully and um and i think that's why she got into police work honestly i think that's the main reason and then i think it became a passion of hers she's very much passionate about that very devoted to that um and like i said it makes her put on this hard exterior but underneath it she's kind of like a marshmallow and i don't mean that like she's a pushover or anything like that it's just she genuinely loves the people that she loves and she really loves her brother. And I'm not talking about the horrible thing they did with that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about that she genuinely loves him as her family. You know, I mean, that's, that's, I think next to her father, Dexter's opinion is the most important opinion to her. It means more to her than anybody else's. Even after she finds out who he is, I still think his opinion matters most to her, um, which can be sad on one side um, of the coin. Um 
but I think, I think, you know, you know, what, I, what I've come to learn is that when there's a character that has father issues, <laughs> I tend to always gravitate towards them because I know it's a personal thing of connecting personally. I think this was just another way of, I wish I could be a little bit more like Deborah as far as like a little bit more outspoken, um, standing their ground, um, standing up for herself, which she does. She learns to do that a lot more as, as time goes yeah. on. Um, and then they kind of trash that, I think, but yeah, she's just such a, to me, she's just all heart and all love. And she is, she has the biggest heart on the show. She wears her heart on her sleeve, whether she realizes it or not. Um, and she's in your corner when she really truly believes in you. She's completely in your corner and she's someone that you would want in your corner because she will go to bat for you no matter what, no matter what it would cost her personally. Um, which I know sometimes can be a bad thing, but I think that's why I love her. That's kind of just a general overview of why I love her. Um, but yeah, so, and, and the other thing we're going to get into with her now, um, is her relationships, her love relationships. Um, and I did a poll on that one as well. Um, and I just included three of hers because honestly, I couldn't, the other ones didn't really seem to fit as having much of an, imp, as much of an impact. So I did Lundy, um, Anton and Quinn and Anton won and nobody else had any <laughs> votes. It kind of surprised me that no one voted for Lundy. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that no one voted for Quinn, but <laughs> it does. It does surprise me that um, nobody voted for Lundy. So we'll just briefly get into that. Yeah. Um, Carla, what are your, I know you like her think, and Anton. So what are your thoughts you know, on it, relationships the, the with men? Stereotype her romantic relationships The girl with, with daddy men. issues on TV where she, you know, she gravitates towards these guys who just aren't good enough for her. She has quick flings, doesn't really value herself as per, you know, TV morals, mm-hmm. put it that way. Um, and... So she, you know, she leaves a really good relationship with Anton where this is somebody who really sees her completely and accepts everything about her and uh, genuinely cares for her, tries to make things work around her needs. Um, Mm -hmm. Unlike Quinn, for example, who is just a trash bag of a human and is neither a good enough boyfriend material or caught or human being he's just he's just trash i'm sorry quinn is just absolute trash and (laughs) everything about him irritated me and okay whatever (laughs) anyway um lundy you know fantastic guy absolutely but that was clearly a television trope daddy issues dude to hook her up with because you know they they uh they have similar um career backgrounds they're both driven very smart people but this was somebody who was significantly older than her and on tv that means that there's a reason for her to fall for somebody like that outside of who he is which is just a substitute for her dad this was um a dad type who approved of her and who paid attention to her above everybody else and you could see that she got super jealous when suddenly Lundy's asking for Dexter to be the one to come along on stuff. Um, and, and that 
it really was, it really made me uncomfortable because it was just so clear with what the show was doing with the writing there, where they're playing on her, um, her abandonment issues from Harry constantly leaving her behind uh, while he's focusing on Dexter. So, but yeah, Anton, there was no baggage there. There was no baggage. It was just Anton and Deb and they cared about each other. They supported each other. They were um, a good match simply because they were people who clicked. So, you know, in season one, it turns out that, you know, she's gets engaged to somebody who tries to kill her, right? Because it turns out that it's mm-hmm. actually Dexter's brother that she's been dating. And, you know, so terrible taste there. Right? <laughs> like, as good of a detective cop you are, you don't realize that, you know, yeah, you're in this relationship with this guy who's going to kill you. It's fine. We've all been there. It's okay. Um, you know, season two, again, it's, you know, Frank, and I'm, I'm with you, Carla. That just is like a replacement, right? They do have the same background. So that makes it nice. Like they understand there's none of that. Oh, we have to talk shop. Like they both have the same job and they get it. Um, yeah, Quinn, n- no. <laughs> Just a world of no. It's like she goes through all these bad and then she's trying, like she just she just needs somebody to love her for her. You know? And I maybe that is the relationship that she had you know, with Anton, like it wasn't, like you said, there wasn't all that extra baggage. Nobody had power over anybody. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. There wasn't some weird dynamic at play. It was just a, hey, you know, we're, this is going to happen. So. Well, that's, that's interesting because um, I will say that I, honestly didn't have as big an issue with Deb and Lundy as you guys did. Um, and I do realize mm-hmm. that that was very much that ultimate, you know, girl with daddy issues <laughs> trope thing. Um, although I think she had more issues with uh, Dexter and getting Dexter's attention than anything else. Yeah. And you really saw that. I mean, you saw that even with her relationship with Brian, where she got so furious when Brian just wanted to talk about Dexter um, but she also ultimately what that was about is because when she went and confronted Dexter, mm-hmm. that was about the fact that she wanted Dexter to open up to her and Dexter never would open up to her in the same kind of way she would open up to him. Um, so I think that was part of that. And I think the reason with Brian, Brian to me was very much, you know, of course, she's not going to necessarily see who Brian mm-hmm. is because she's grown up with a serial killer her whole life, not even knowing That's him. Really- so I think that's a big reason why she didn't see that with Brian. Yeah. And I think, and without her even realizing it until she probably had to really come to terms with that, even though we didn't get to see that in season seven and season eight, you know, after she knew who Dexter was. Um, but um, I, yeah. And I thought Anton was great too, because like you guys said, it was the first sort of um I don't want to say normal, but healthy relationship that she was in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he genuinely, I, I, th- I think Lundy really loved her. I do. 
but but he also I think genuinely genuinely loved her yeah. um and cared for her and I think it was kind of sad that that he got hurt um the Quinn thing I think was something they were trying to push from the instant Quinn came onto the show I think they always had the intention of getting Deb and Quinn together and I think the reason they did that and we'll get into Quinn a little bit more but um later but I think Quinn was supposed to be kind of a replacement for Dokes in a lot of ways, except for he wasn't nearly as smart or great or, you know, he wasn't as nearly well written. But I think yeah. after Dokes was killed off, I think they kind of brought him on as that. That's the way I always felt about him because he was always suspicious of Dexter and he was. He was on yeah, like he wasn't six as seasons too long. As Dokes, so he never really figured it out. He was brought um, in as a pretty face. Yeah, he was on a lot. <laughs> yeah. He was on a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's another reason. Yeah. And I think he was brought on as to be an eventual love interest for Deb. Um, and you guys are going to think I'm probably insane for saying this, but well, yeah, I kind of wanted her to end up with dokes in the first season. I kind of have it had a little bit of, mm-hmm. hmm, are they going to, and, and I think they were actually toying with that a lot. You saw that. Um, but then she ended up with Brian. Um, but I also, <laughs> There was a little bit of time there where I wanted her to be with Batista. <laughs> yeah. It was just because because Batista is one of my other favorite characters. He's my favorite supporter. I can totally character. see that, yeah. So I really wanted them to get together. <laughs> um, and I thought they had, yeah, I, I thought they had great mm-hmm. chemistry. But then as the show went on, they became more brother-sister relationship. And so then it would have been mm-hmm. kind of weird. Um, but I thought that would have been a great one because I think he would have been really good for her. Um, you know, I think he would have treated her no, the same way that Anton at did. So, at all. you know, in the end, no. I don't think she got the love she deserved um, at all. And she really deserved it. I mean, I think of mm-hmm. all the characters on there. She deserved to have a good man in her life, a good partner in her life. And she never got that. And that that will always make me really sad for her. Um, because I, she deserved to be happy. She deserved to have a family, really. I mean, she deserved mm-hmm. to have a life yeah. with a good husband who was nothing like her dad and nothing like her brother. And she even deserved, I, I don't know, actually, you know what? I think she would be one of those women who mm-hmm. maybe never had kids. And I think it would have been cool to see that on, on a show because you see that very, it's very rare. And as someone speaking from some, as someone who is never going to yeah. have children and made that decision, it's very rare to see that with a woman. So I think it would have been very interesting to see that with her. Um, it, and usually a lot of times when right. you see it, they're portrayed as no, selfish but not or that, like really no. deep down, they want to have kids and, you know, and that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that would have been interesting to explore anyway. That's the what ifs in my head there. Um, But let's get into her relationship with Dexter, because, of course, that is a big, big, huge thing in the show. Um, I think that's next to Dexter being a serial killer. I think this is and, and his relationship with his dad. I think this is the biggest focus in the show is his relationship with Deb, because, like I said, I think of her as the light and Dexter as the dark. Um, and especially, you know, what ended up happening with their relationship at the end of season six. Um, so let's, we're just going to talk about it just broad, everything from the <laughs> early days to when Deb makes yeah. that horrible realization in therapy with the worst therapist in the world. And then to her learning the truth about, about Dexter. So okay. Carla, uh, I, I thought just sort of give an overview and then we'll. The Dexter and Deb relationship was very but... interesting from the beginning because of the way that Deb views Dexter 
as this, you know, like very wise guy who she loves so much, who, you know, as much as she loves him and she knows that he loves her, won't verbalize it. And that's kind of um, that kind of withholding while it's not Mm -hmm. um, like the worst thing that somebody can do to you. For her, it's one of the worst things you can do to Deb because Deb is so open and so very vocal about everything that she feels yeah. that to not have that um, that love, uh, it, it, they basically don't speak the same love language, put it that way. Um, and, and that I can absolutely see why that made her yeah. so kind of um, desperate for his approval and his attention. But I think that that's where it just needed to be. That's it. You know, brother-sister relationship that's complicated, where she has jealousy because she was always set aside as a child in favor of Dexter by their parents, particularly their dad. This whole thing where she is in love with Dexter was just so gross to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also kind of a betrayal of, of the beauty and purity of... Mm-hmm sibling relationships where you know why does it have to be romantic love and and this is something with with shows in general why is it that if it's a hetero pairing they have to fall in love you know why bring this into the equation into the equation other than because it's too attractive white hetero Mm -hmm. people it made no sense and it's also gross because it's it's you know we, we had talked last week about clueless with sharon josh um, being step siblings for maybe a short amount of time, but suddenly they're making out, and you know, I still think that's gross. But maybe they weren't siblings for very long. But Deb and Dexter grew up in the same household mm-hmm. from the time that Deborah was born as siblings. They were raised yep. as siblings. There was not a time mm-hmm. it wasn't like you know, like they were in the same house for thirty minutes mm-hmm. and then she was shipped off to a boarding school and they just met up again when they were. Um, adults even then it would be gross but their siblings are full siblings in every way that you can be um in the ways that that count put it that way and suddenly they have Deb falling in love with you know uh having been in love with her brother this whole time Mm -hmm. it's 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 gross and it's also a slap in the face to the entire um uh sibling love uh, relationship that a tv show can have it's like you can't just let these two um the, this man and this woman have a loving relationship without throwing um romantic love and sex into the mix like where you have this uh these fantasies that that begins to have it, it just oh it just really icked me out and it really tainted a lot of their interactions for me mm-hmm. in the later seasons no none. there was zero zero reason for that like oh you've been in love with him this entire time no 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 there was no need for yeah, it yeah that it just felt just forced leave. um <laughs> it was icky yeah. it was one of those like i you- i need to take a shower to wash the ick off <laughs> yeah fully agree yeah it was just just and then to complicate it with her you know realizing that he is who he is and the serial killer component was just like how many 
brain bombs are you going to drop on this poor woman at once? Right. Like, are you trying to intentionally derail her? Mm -hmm. You know, it just felt forced, icky, and unnecessary. Absolutely. That was just poor writing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I'm gonna throw this in here. I guess, and I don't know if she just said this to be a good um, actress or good player here, but um, Jennifer Carpenter did say that in her mind, she always thought Deb was in love with Dexter from the beginning, mm-hmm. and she said she always played it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally disagree because I never ever yes that. when that was revealed in that therapy session that was like no. and the therapist oh my god the therapist saying oh this is okay no 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 good therapist would ever ever do that yep. you know yep. saying it's okay because you're not biologically related they are like Carla said they grew up together as kids and through the and as I said in our clueless episode I shipped. Josh and Cher um, and really never mm-hmm. understood what the problem yeah. was. But with this one, they grew yep. up as brother and sister from day one. It was never like he came along for a year and that was gone, you know, totally different. And Deb to me just always looked up to him as her hero. He was like her other hero next to his, next to their dad. And for mm-hmm. her to have that. And then like you said, Sasha, then learn at the same time, who he really is was so awful because they just, they took her to this dark, dark place. And I'm glad I wanted her to find out. I always wanted Deb to find out who he was. Cause I think she deserved to know, honestly. Um, but I didn't like the way they did it. Uh, I did like the very first episode after she finds out. Cause I thought the acting in that, and I thought her reactions were so spot on and how she first was in such shock. She didn't know what she was doing. And then the conversation that they have at his apartment, I thought was so Mm -hmm. wonderfully done. And I just thought Mm -hmm. their performances were so great in that. And her reaction of physically getting sick fit, fit perfectly. Um, And I think a lot of her reactions throughout, um, we'll get into the death of La Guerta, um, when we talk mm-hmm. about fridging in a little bit, cause I should have put her down there too, because in a lot of ways that's fridging as well. Um, but you know, what, watching her handle that, I, I'm glad we got to see that, but it was so tainted by the fact that under, so which made no sense at all. Yeah. And it was just was, such yeah. a, no point. A, yeah. And it was a way to just do her character dirty. Honestly, they just, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a horrible way. And it was a way to try and really, Ruiner, and I—the only reason I can think they would ever possibly do that is because they knew they were going to have it revealed in the end of season six. They were going to have her find out, so maybe they wanted her but, to you know, be in this place where she reasons, just loved him so much that they wanted to just. But one of the reasons that, that it bothers me that they so went that in that direction, aside from I don't the know, absolutely I don't know, disgusting <laughs> factor, is that it serves to undermine her as a strong woman, because because a woman can't have you know, thoughts, opinions, or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Um, because deep down, all women are hysterical and guided by their need to procreate or to whatever. You know what I mean? It, it, it can't be a matter of Deb standing behind her brother even after she mm-hmm. finds out who he is. Just because he's her brother and she loves him that much, 
it has to be because she's in love with him. Like you, you're seriously telling me that in all of the landscape of television, yeah. when you have um, two guys who one guy goes off the rails and the other one is there for him because it's, you know, we're in this together, bro, that somebody's sibling can't have a similar reaction because she's a girl. And that suddenly, and not only that, but like from that point on, all of her decisions come into question because she starts mm-hmm. acting undeb-like. It's like her having feelings for her brother, ew, suddenly derailed her yeah. her ability to be a logical, smart woman. Okay, well, let's, we're going to skip over the supporting players for a second because since we've been talking about Deb a lot here, um, I kind of want to skip ahead and then we'll go back to supporting characters and talk about fridging um, and the deaths of Rita, mm-hmm. La Guerta, and then Deb. Um, because I think all three of those could be considered fridging. Um, and so I just want to go over those a little bit and tell you when, I mean, Rita, of course, dies at the hands of the Trinity killer, which we are going to be getting into talking about him because, um, I really want to talk about season four. Um, and then, uh, LaGuerta was killed by Deb and then Deb, um, was killed. She was shot and then, uh, was put in a coma and then basically, basically Dexter killed her in a way. I mean, he didn't really kill her, but he took her off life support and then dumped her in the ocean, which was anyway. Um, (laughs) so that's how Deb died and Deb died in the series finale. It really did. It just, Oh my gosh. Just the the fact that you have (laughs) women who are strong in their own ways and who really carry some significant weight in the show just you know killed off for the sake of a man's growth which is just one of the worst tropes on television and it's one of also one of the most persistent you know and yeah. I, I know the show ended a long time ago but it hasn't gotten necessarily better in the years since then and it's mm-hmm. very disappointing yeah. that all of these years later we're still faced with these same problems with with Rita it, it didn't like I understand that, you know, maybe they wanted to make things narratively more difficult for, for Dexter because he had gotten cozy in this life and all of that. Um, and maybe Rita was getting, uh, was just getting mm-hmm. too difficult to manage from a writing perspective. There are many ways that they could have handled that that did not involve her being killed off. It, that was just unnecessary. And uh, I really think that it just, it threw a huge wrench into the show um and the way that, that they handle a lot of other characters as a consequence of her death um and just she was a perfectly good character there was no reason for that their their marriage was not good mm-hmm. she could have you know come to that realization i mean she did make out with a with a rando just because he you know was nice to her there there are many many outs that don't involve fridging a character with like what that yeah oh my God. Okay, and when we get into supporting players i'll go into this more but there was a consistent issue with writing characters who are from marginalized communities more and more poorly as the show progressed and it makes me so angry because it's almost like mm-hmm. bait and switch with this show where the show starts out the first season with several promising side characters who all are uh, a racial minority of some mm-hmm. kind who are given given prominent uh, storylines and screen time 
And as the show goes on, you see less and less of them and you, they just become two dimensional uh, placeholders for, for real um, characters. Yes. And one of them was like, what that? Because you go from her being this, you know, a very domineering woman who is, uh, who's ball busting and, and she will do anything to get her way. And she becomes, you know, more humanized as the show goes on and more, um, <laughs> she becomes softer and, and uh, just more likable, which is, you know, it, it's one thing with, with the way that Black women and Latina women are written on TV where they're either uh, like a feisty sidekick or they are really harsh and tough and all of this and all of that. And to some degree, it here and there she was one or the other certainly more the latter but she was becoming somebody that you could actually root for when she marries you know and then eventually she marries Batista she they start to have this good life out of nowhere out of nowhere suddenly she and Batista are divorced Mm -hmm. she schemes her way towards becoming a captain um and becomes a really unlikable person in on the way and then from mm-hmm. then on, she makes all of these decisions that just don't make any sense. She starts to make the connection that Dokes had made earlier on about Dexter being a serial killer and dies because they needed a way for Deb to uh, some, you know, to, to uh, be on Dexter's level to some degree and to have a breakdown of her own. And, you know, again, fridging for the progress of because mm-hmm. ultimately, this is all in the service of, of Dexter. Mm-hmm. We're fridging her for the um, for Dexter's progress, also killing yeah. off a minority character for real, just no good reason. Somebody who was successful as a character on the show, besides somebody who hadn't made it to captain, but you know, horrible means and everything, mm-hmm. but who was a successful person, mm-hmm. and then also somebody who in the beginning was so integral to the show's uh, progress and development aside from what it brought to, brought to Dexter. It, it just, it, it makes me very angry as somebody who is, you know, like La Huerta. It, it just, it, it's, it makes me just, oh, I could go on about that for a while, but, um, and then Deb's death, there was absolutely no reason to have her killed off in the end. Like, this is just yet another way of, care, of writers wanting to um you know tie up loose ends and give us a spectacular ending which i don't know why spectacular has to mean that a woman or a minority has to die and that's a consistent thing in in tv shows where you know you have somebody who ends up being the martyr so that we go out sad it it just it happens so often and and um that's one of my pet peeves with supernatural is that when they tease Mm -hmm. somebody's death the permanent deaths are always a black character or a minority character. It's reliably never a white dude. And th- that's, mm-hmm. you know, <sighs> fridging in general should just not be a thing. Mm-hmm. But in, in this show, the deaths of main characters, other than, than Dokes really, and Dokes was black. Mm-hmm. So there you go, are women. Um, but I think that Carla covered it 
very beautifully because it's true it's all the minorities and all the women and we just you know yeah it's just stupid <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> i second that <laughs> yeah and and i'll i'm gonna say something about about rita's death um and then i have other thoughts and others too but rita's death um to me is the one that i have the least problem with um I and I think it's because even though it did serve the purpose that most that fridging usually does where it's to have the man pain um I think there was a good reason to have her killed and I didn't want her to die but I think there was a good reason because Dexter was off his game too much and he um mm-hmm. let a horrible person mm-hmm. who is yep. just I think creepiest serial killer that's ever been on anything period let this person survive way too long and this was his punishment for that and while i realized there's just problems with it and it's problematic to me it was the only one that really worked well um that's had a purpose that made sense in a lot of ways it made sense that this would end up happening because he didn't follow the code because he let this horrible evil person get away with so much so I think for that one, I, I, I don't have as much of an issue with it, even though I loved Rita. Um, the other two are completely and totally pointless. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think Carla put it perfectly with both of them. Um, I think what would have been a better outcome with season seven would be Dexter in that cargo thing. Was Deb having that gun out? Was Dexter confessing yes. and turning himself mm-hmm. in? I think that would have been just amazing. Or Deb shooting Dexter and taking him in. I think that would have been the best way. And season eight just being all about him being on trial, everything, everybody finding out. I think that would have been a better way for that to end. Um, instead, they shoot a character that was such a part of the show and should have remained on the show for the whole, for its whole run. Yeah. Um, And especially to shoot a woman of color like that, um, to have Deb do it was even worse, (laughs) you know? Um, I will say one thing about LaGuerta's death. um, And this is just performance wise. I think Jennifer Carpenter was so incredible in that scene right after she shot her and how she just had that profound emotional breakdown. And she went there and she held her and was crying and hugging her. And it was like this instant, you know, you, it, she instantly hated herself for what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though I hated that it happened and it never should have happened, I do want to give props to her for her performance in that moment because I thought that was incredible. Um, and I just I watched it. The whole scene was so good. Yeah. And yeah, I just I watched it again it, last night. What? I hated the whole scene, but it was very good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I still think it should have ended a totally different way. I still think season eight should have been, and we'll be getting into that, but I think it should have been just about everybody finding out about Dexter. Um. But yeah, that, that was horrible. And then Deb's death. It just, sorry, I'm at a loss for words for it because since she was my favorite character, it was so, so hard to watch her 
die and to be killed like that. And the way her body was just dumped off a boat. And I know it was supposed to be kinder and more beautiful because he didn't wrap her in trash bags and he put her in the whiteness to, you know, represent her being more pure, whatever kind of BS that was. And, you know, him, (laughs) you know, maybe for a life of, you know, being on a ventilator or whatever, fine. But it was just so cold and callous to a character that was so central to the show. And that was so much the heart of the show. And to do her like that, it it was just so wrong and disgusting. And it just tarnished the show for me in a lot of ways. I mean, I still love the show, but it was just so horrible. It was just, it, and it didn't have to happen. Yeah. There was no need for it at all. I mean, I guess they were trying to do it so that, Dexter could go be a lumberjack, but Dexter didn't need to be a lumberjack. Right. Yeah, that was a total waste. <laughs> so, it was. Yeah, it's it's just it made no sense, yeah. and it was just disgusting. And the fact that what was to me to top it all off, the only time Deborah hears her brother say "I love you," something she's wanted from the beginning, and I'm not talking about the romantic sick stuff, the brotherly love is when she's dead basically and him whispering it in her ear mm-hmm. that he loves her at the very end that was just like yeah uh it was just like pouring salt on the wound there it was just horrible and disgraceful so yeah so we have a lot of feelings about yeah <laughs> there was no reason for it it's just no. why no again why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like do yeah, you want to anger that. the fans are you do you hate your show that much at that point that you're like here we're just gonna blow up everything we've done yep everything we've built and we're just gonna take it crumple it up and throw it away this is a bunch of writers just sitting in in a room patting themselves on the back for how clever they are and how unconventionally Mm -hmm. they ended the show and thinking you know man like there's no other way it could go and we're doing a good thing man yeah i think i think that's i think that's very accurate you know i mean they thought it was gonna be this edgy kind of yeah kind of way to end it where Dexter ends up it just was ridiculous and we'll get into the ending and how and how um we all think it should have ended mm-hmm. uh, but yeah that was it was just it was just horrible and obnoxious um but let's get into some more of the supporting uh, the supporting players and first we're going to start with the people on the force um so we've talked a little bit about LaGuerta already but let's talk about the other people like Batista um and then dokes and we can even talk about quinn oh god <laughs> none of us, you know, none of us like <laughs> yeah i know none <laughs> of us really like like quinn but um i will say um for the force for the members of the force um it was a tie between batista and masuka are the only people that got votes but batista or not a tie it wasn't a tie sorry batista and masuka were the only ones that got votes of who is your favorite and batista um, won that poll because he's awesome. Hands down, he is. Yes, he's he's the best. He's he's great. Um, so let's go around and just have some brief thoughts on them. Um, Carla, your thoughts on the other people, the force. Okay. Well, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how much I couldn't stand Dokes, but it was in a good way. <laughs> but it was in, in, in yeah. like, just he's a good character. He's very interesting. The fact that he, you know, he has uh, Dexter kind of pinned down from the beginning. He's like, there's something wrong with you. I'm going to find out how and why. And he was just a fascinating character who I think was, could have had a better run than he did. And I think that that the way that he went down caged 
in some cabin and his death was never really um you know it was never really brought to light how he died and all of that i, I thought was horrible um mm-hmm. but that's you know that that's my and I, I did appreciate that they brought him back towards the end as a flashback even because i i you i had missed dokes and i hadn't realized how much until they did bring him back especially in contrast mm-hmm. with quinn and the reason I'm bringing up Quinn, even though saying his name makes me want to barf a little bit, is that, <laughs> is that like you said, he was brought on to be the new Dokes, but he was also brought on to be the new white Dokes. And that's part of the, yeah. the reason that it bothered me so much is that he's being replaced by a white character who happens to be hugely inferior to Dokes. He doesn't have mm-hmm. his drive, his intelligence, his um, just laser ability to really focus on a crime and get down to why things are happening he's a bad cop he's a bad person um Mm -hmm. and he is there entirely too long just for the sake of him being white and mediocre which is one of my least favorite things in television in general is that you can be white and mediocre and that's it that's all you really have to be whereas if you're a black excellent character you're going to get killed off in a cage by not even the main, but not even by the protagonist, but by his scorned girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I'll say about Quinn because why well, was my boyfriend that guy? Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but Dista, oh my gosh, I cannot tell you all the ways I love that character. He was, you know, he's he's fun, he's funny, he's like like a, a big teddy bear. Um, he just, you know, like the way he wears his hat and he's just, you know, he's a very good cop on top of everything else. On top of being a really nice guy, somebody that you want to be friends with, somebody that you, you know, want to go and have a cafecito somewhere with him. Um, he's just a lovely character who helps his friends because he cares. He cares deeply about the community. He cares deeply about his job, about everybody around him. And then the writers take all of that and kind of throw it down the crapper. And suddenly, next thing you see, he's just off on the sidelines saying two lines per episode. Um, all of his growth gets kind of shoved in a socket and thrown out to sea because he's apparently not as important as Quinn, who, again, gets to be white and mediocre and mm-hmm. not bring anything to the table. But Batista gets nothing. He He doesn't... He doesn't get the girl. He doesn't um, really get a promotion until uh, the white girl is gone. You know, all of these things that are really a huge service to such a phenomenal character. Um, Masuka, I have a lot of issues with that character in part because the writing leans so hard into Asian stereotypes of, of men who are um, in, in TV and in movies, Asian men are often portrayed as uh, undesirable and gross. Um, they're the butt of the joke in many ways. They're seen as sexually inferior. Um, and it, it just from the first moment that you see Masuka and that you're interacting with him, he's uh, a perv. He's a tiny little perv that you wouldn't want to touch with a 10-foot pole, um, even if you weren't quarantined. And <laughs> it, it really, like, the whole show long, I, I kept waiting for them to let him 
grow into somebody else and they never did it just completely mystifies me how somebody who is clearly good at his job and who clearly has uh, an ability to care about the people around him is just constantly undermined by making pervy jokes and uh having things be about how unattractive he is and how he can't get late can't get late and everything's in his head about how um sexy he is it's it's just a horrible stereotype brought to life that should not have been allowed under any circumstance um Mm -hmm. uh jamie batista's sister oh my gosh you know first it bothered me at first that like i think like the first view of her that we get is her in a bikini why was that necessary just because she's like a a hot latina so obviously we're going to have her first brought in 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 a bikini and then half the time that she's on the show she's in you know midriffs and all of this and i get that it's miami and it's hot but plenty of 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 hot latina ladies walk around in tees and shorts and flip-flops like what does it automatically have to be a thing where we have to see all of her assets up front like we can't connect with the character unless she's uh eye candy i guess but she she really brought something special to the role of Jamie, which was which was just you know amazing considering how little screen time she got, um, and the fact <laughs> yeah. that she was forced to copulate with Quinn, which should not have been something to uh, force on anybody. <laughs> and yeah, there she was <laughs> diligently screwing him. Um, yeah. And of course, the actress who plays her, Amy Garcia. I just love her so much. I loved her as Jamie. I love her now that I'm watching Lucifer. She's fantastic. And I would love to see more of her, not even without her clothes. I'm just saying like more acting stuff. She was a um, bad guy in an episode of Hawaii Five-0. Just so you know. Was she really? Yep. Oh, that is so cool. Do yeah. you know I have reason to watch <laughs> Hawaii Five-0? Um, yep. I feel like I'm leaving somebody out. Am I? Um... Are you leaving somebody out? Oh my gosh, I talked about people off the force. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh no, that's fine. Oh, what's his face? Matthews. You know oh what? yeah, yeah. I I love that actor. I love that everything he says sounds like a life insurance commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like La Huerta. I know that you're secretly <laughs> scheming to get people out of your way so you can ascend the big ladder, but. If you call me for 15 minutes, I can also <laughs> think big on your life insurance. Call today. <laughs> yep. I can totally see that. And I'm oh, totally nailed it. <laughs> I, just, I, I loved him. Not necessarily as the character because he was just, you know, this, this dude who was in power uh, playing the political side above the public safety side and mm-hmm. um thwarting good people from ascending for no good reason but i just love the way he talks it it sounds like a commercial i can't help myself <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i'm now I, i'm gonna just think about that every time i hear him speak <laughs> that's funny. so funny yeah i don't i don't think you left anyone out i'm trying to think i mean there probably was but i'm trying to I'll, I'll look on here and then um sasha what are your thoughts on the people on the force um i wholeheartedly agree about i think that bautista is my favorite um i just love everything about that character bautista was just like 
and I don't know, maybe it's the, you know, Miami flavor, but I just adored him. I thought he was fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, I think you pretty much, Carla, covered the rest of them pretty succinctly. I, Quinn, I'm no love loss. No love loss. <laughs> You're right. He just, he replaced a character that was annoyingly good at what he was doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and he just, he didn't replace him well. It was like, why are you here? You're sucking up oxygen for no reason. <laughs> yeah. I really don't like him. I, I might need I... to investigate my feelings about him a little further because he just like, <laughs> my hackles go up and I'm just like, gur faced. I just, I'm, no. No. Mm-hmm. Just no. Quinn, bad. Yeah. 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 yeah, he was, yeah. Not good, not good. He was a knock. Mm-hmm. He was obnoxious. He was really obnoxious. And yeah, and he wasn't a smart detective. He wasn't a good detective. He was horrible at his job. And he was just a horrible person all around kind of thing, you know. And and they kept trying to redeem him throughout the whole time he was on there. You could tell they just desperately wanted to redeem him, Mm -hmm. you know, and make him someone rootable. Where Dokes was, you know, an antagonist for Dexter. Dokes was, but Dokes you could actually empathize with you could you could you know like him even when you'd be even when he might be driving you crazy mm. you could still like him yeah and he was a he was a good guy he wasn't a bad guy he was a good guy he was incredibly intelligent mm-hmm. he was the only one who instantly knew that dexter was you know off that something was wrong with dexter yep. um you know and even it when he was in the cage in season two um his intelligence during that whole time and the way he related to Dexter and Dexter was so ready to turn himself in really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was all because of who Dokes was and Dokes was such a good detective. Yeah. Um, and, and I liked the way Dokes was with Deb um, as opposed to since Quinn was supposed to be in my, you know, and I think we've all talked about it was supposed to be this replacement for Dokes. Um, you know, they're, their relationship was really kind of interesting and cool to watch. And, um, you know, the, the, the part where you saw Deb go to Dokes' house for the family dinner that she attended, um, early on, I just thought that was a really cool scene. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. so yeah, yeah. So Dokes was just such a complex character that I wish we had gotten more of. It would have been interesting to watch him, evolve throughout the show and if he hadn't found out so quickly who Dexter was and maybe if even in season seven if he had been around if he had worked with LaGuerta and they had worked together to bring Dexter down kind of mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. I think that would have been kind of interesting to watch um, and it would have been it would have been even interesting to have a love triangle between Dokes and Batista and LaGuerta that would have been kind of interesting oh my god that would have been hysterical um, <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that all day long Batista all exactly. Um, earnestly trying to sway Deb, <laughs> and those coming c- coming in and being like, "Deb, date tonight." <laughs> I said look Huerta, but that would have been oh, interesting. Huerta, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, but that would have been interesting. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Any one of those, yeah, it would have been, oh. yeah, yeah. Deb, date tonight. <laughs> so, that, that that sounds like it. Mm. Yeah, but I, I just wanted to point out, I did miss somebody, and uh-huh. the reason that I missed her is because she was 
barely more than a sketch. She was the black lady detective who's brought on oh, yeah. towards the end, mm-hmm. whose name we don't even find out until several episodes in. Her name is Miller. Mm-hmm. And I was so upset watching her because she was clearly, clearly competent. But even after she was um, brought in, I think ahead of, of Quinn, we know mm-hmm. nothing about her. Yeah. Yeah, except for that, you know, she was, um, they portrayed her as being very unstable because her husband, it was her husband, right? Was cheating on her and it ended up she was cheating on her with LaGuerta who was oh, using no, no, no. him to get her job this back. Isn't, it's not, this isn't that one. This is the... Oh, the God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're mixing up your, your black female character. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the person who came in and took over Laguerta's job. I'm sorry. No, although that one was so poorly done also. Like, I get that they wanted to bring in somebody who, who was not as competent as Laguerta. They could have done uh-huh. it in a way that has nothing with her, to do with her flaking because of man problems. Like, come on, yeah. what is that? But no, this is mm-hmm. the, the, the detective who comes in way towards the end of the, of the show who um, gets promoted over Quinn and... Uh, she seems to be competent. We don't really know because we spent no time with her. And all we know is that her her name is Miller. And mm. that's it. Oh, okay. Okay. And I think I didn't watch that part when she was on. I think that was where I was skipping ahead with my rewatch because I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, and you know who else um, is um, – I had to look up his name. Um, and he died in the beginning of season six. He was oh, shot yes. on the yes. side of the road. Um Mike something. Uh, yes, Mike, Mike. It was Mike. Yeah. But I can't remember his last name. Let me look that up here. Yeah, I was trying to look up Mike's last name here. Anderson, I think. Yes, yes. I think that is yes. Yes. And I really liked him. The yeah. little bit we got to see of him. I mean, he was barely there, but the little bit we got to see of him, I, I liked him a lot. He was, yeah. he was arrogant and very um very pushy and was kind of you know from the moment that we meet him he 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 says to Deb that he wants to talk to the lieutenant and she's like I'm the lieutenant he's like no no sweetheart really oh yeah that, oh, that a really interesting um a character to pull off of Deb and and even Dexter but no he's dispensable yeah 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 and it would have been cool to see Quinn be the one that shot us yeah <laughs> Uh, that would have been better. <laughs> that would have been whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think a big problem has always been with this show. A, a big issue is the way they handle any of their supporting characters, honestly. Um, outside of, well, they did ruin Deb, but outside of Deb and Dexter, I think the writers sometimes had no idea how to write the other characters. Mm-hmm. And I know when the show was originally on, a lot of people didn't like any of the side characters. Like they didn't want oh, any wow. of those storylines because hmm. they didn't like the way they were handled. Um, Interesting. Yeah. But, and I'm, I'm with everybody with Batista being my absolute favorite. And even though they ran out of stuff to do with this character, I am glad that they didn't um, kill him yes. and that yeah. they didn't try to ruin him. Yes. Um, he was always a great guy from the beginning to the end. He was just a genuinely good guy. Um, and I hate that they ruined his relationship with LaGuerta because I mm-hmm. thought they were really good together. And I thought he really complimented her so well. 
Yeah. And she grow she grew so much in that relationship. I also loved that um, she would have the interactions with Deb of, you know, like, do you think my hair looks better up or down? And yeah. you know, th- those kind of things <laughs> where you got to see this friendship there because they were always kind of butting heads, be- you know, in, in sort of that classic uh, women can't be friends in the workplace right. thing. They right. have to be competing right. with each other. Um, but so I liked that. I liked being able to see that. Um, and I wish she would have gotten a chance to really figure out and bring to light. I mean, she figured it out, but bring to light and everybody believe her about dokes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that would have been really nice to see that um, and for him to get justice. Um, and, you know, I, I will admit um, that with Masuka, I will admit I really didn't see the stereotype that I should have seen, but I didn't, I honestly didn't see it there. Um, so I'm glad that you mentioned that Carla, because I think that's something that we have to take more note of because I I know that you, um, I I know that it was compared to, um, the character, um, on 16 in 16 candles. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways. And that, that is a horrible, horrible character when you, when you really look at that, that's a horrible trope there and what they do with that character. Um, and I do think they should have shown him grow more um, and develop better. But like with all the characters, I don't think they really knew how to write them. I think the the only supporting character in the end they ended up trying to really write for was Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. right, we're going to take the blandest character. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I think that was just an ongoing issue that they had um, was how they write the other other people on the show. Um, and the other, the people that I don't think they had as big of an issue writing for on the show and we'll lead into talking about this are the other serial killers, um, because each season usually had a main serial killer. Um, I would say season three didn't so much because (laughs) season three was more focused on, um, I'm sorry. How am I forgetting his name? Uh, Prado, Miguel Prado. Oh yeah, character. So it was more focused on that, and he wasn't really a serial killer. He was, he wasn't a good guy necessarily, but he wasn't a serial killer. At least I didn't think of him as that. I don't know if you guys did, mm-hmm. but I didn't think of him as that. Um, and that was, of course, played by Jimmy Smits. Um, but let's get into the serial killers, the other ones. And I know it's weird to say who's your favorite <laughs> um, <laughs> when it comes to that. But who's your favorite uh, antagonist, basically, for for Dexter uh, throughout the seasons? Um, Carla, who's your favorite? My other favorite murderer is <laughs> <laughs> um, Trinity. Yep. And I think that, that um, John Lithgow knocked that out of the park. He he was just so unbelievably creepy and thoroughly believable as somebody who, you know, he, he deals with his depression by killing. Like, he, he has some ennui, and he takes it out first on his family and then on just random people that fit a particular pattern that he wants to see. And it, it was, um, it, but first of all, it was a fascinating character, the way that they um, slowly develop all of these connections to the pattern that he that he chose, um, all the way to the very end where he kidnaps um, a boy of the age that he was when he was going through all these horrible things. 
but John McAvoy, like his his face, his eyes are always so sad in the in the in that mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. that he uh, that's the one for whom I almost could feel some sympathy where I was almost like, you know, like, oh gosh, this guy went through so much. And then you wake up and you're like, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. This is so somebody just going out there killing people for no reason other than he has the blues and he's beating on his family and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But hands down the best of the entire thing. Now I, I will <laughs> just comment on my least favorite and that was <laughs> that was um, Colin Hanks because, and I'll tell you, it, it's it's not just that I just couldn't take him seriously as a bad guy. Mm-hmm. It was also that it was such a blatant parallel at Dexter's relationship with Harry, the ghost, where yeah. this guy has also like this ghost father figure who is leading him on this path of destruction from the moment that they introduced the two characters. I'm like, well, clearly the one guy is dead like that. There's no question about that, but um, it it was just all so pretty cheesy. I I just, (laughs) he's just my my least of all the people who have killed people on the show. (laughs) He's the one I like the least. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, and, and Sasha, sorry, I can't go. It's, it's so funny. Uh Trinity is definitely the the top. That whole interaction was just yeah. And I, I agree. There's just something about John Lithgow's performance that was like, holy crap. Holy crap. You know? Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. wow. Um so yeah, that would definitely be um, my my top one of I, if we have to rank serial killers in a show about. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're at, right? At least we're not ranking them by technique. Yeah. By <laughs> technique, oh my god! <laughs> if we were ranking by technique, I think maybe the killer would probably. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. And there we go. <laughs> Do you have a least favorite, Sasha? Um, I'm not going to lie. I totally forgot that uh, Colin Hanks was in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe that one, since it didn't even register to me. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, you know, they all serve their purpose. So they they did what they needed to do to progress the storyline. Um. So I don't, I don't know that I have a least. It's not like Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and mine is going to be the same Trinity. I mean, hands down. And I will say, you know, it, I'm so glad that John Lithgow won an Emmy for his performance because he was. Oh, did he? That's awesome. Yeah, oh. he was. Yeah, he did. He was so incredible. And like, and like you said, Carla, you did see that sadness in his eyes. That was what was so interesting about his performance is, you know, that, that, that almost devastation (laughs) 
mm-hmm. that devastated look in his face. And he was this monster. He was this absolutely pure evil, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet he had that sadness. It was just such an interesting thing to watch. And I want to point out the Hungry Man episode, the Thanksgiving episode in season four. One of the most disturbing episodes of television ever. Yes. That was so disturbing. The scene where he's sitting there watching uh, the football game with his son and they score a touchdown or something and they give each other a high five and he breaks his son's finger. Yeah. I mean, I know the guy has brutally murdered people, but that to me was a whole other level of creepy in a way. It was like this cruelty. There was this cruelty there. Like you didn't even see Mm -hmm. that weird sadness that he'd have when he would kill people. Mm -hmm. It was just this like, hatred he just hated his son it was just oh, it, was it was awful yeah and he was like getting but it was off on it amazing yeah. yeah he was getting off on causing that pain um yeah that was that was just that whole episode and watching dexter's reaction to it uh was so fascinating because he had been kind of looking at this character as oh he's having it all he has this on the surface this great family this wonderful life and then he really peeks behind the curtain and sees how horrible it is, which, you know, I've heard from reading things. I'm, I'm a true crime buff, and I'm, I will say I am fascinated by serial killers, mm-hmm. um, studying them. And I, know, I know you're the same way, too, right? Oh, Sasha, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I will say, you know, I've, I have seen interviews with people who have been – who find out that their parents are a serial killer – um, and I know Arthur was kind of loosely based on the um, BT, BTK mm-hmm. killer. Um, but I have read those where they, where some children will say, you know, my father was this horrible monster and he would do these awful things. And I, I know that that, that would, to me, that seems more logical of the way they would be if they had a family because these are horrible people. So I, th- so I think that was, a nice um, counterpoint to Dexter to have this horrible man, which I know they did on purpose in season four, because Dexter's got this family mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just hands down the creepiest serial killer I have ever yeah. seen because he was so realistic and he did such a good job. And he was just at any moment, you didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. And you were always on edge and, that whole his whole family and the fact that i mean his daughter was willing to be like a sexual prisoner basically with dexter which wasn't anything dexter would do but her offering herself up you know and the mom almost being like okay with it in a way was so unnerving Mm -hmm. um and then of course what happened to those kids in uh season five um which I believe wasn't it. I, I kind of, I didn't get a chance to rewatch season five, but I believe it was something like the sun was starting to show signs of being a killer or something like that. Right. Um, because he, he ended up killing his mother. Oh yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. So yeah, that was just a tragedy all around. Um, and as far as least favorite, well, since we've already talked about how much we hate Hannah, I won't say Hannah, but <laughs> she would be. Um, I don't. I don't know. I. I guess, and we can't say Lila. We already talked about her. Um, you know, I guess. 
I don't know, really. I, I guess the well, they weren't really serial killers, but the whole Russian mob mafia thing was probably oh, my least gosh. favorite um, in season seven. I didn't like that. Um, yeah. I will say, I actually kind of liked Colin Hanks, and I liked it. <laughs> I liked it because he he is a Hanks, so he's got that Tom Hanks vibe. Right, um, and so I liked seeing a character like that be a serial killer. So I didn't have as much of an issue with that. Um, but, but yeah, I, I wasn't that I, I didn't care as much about that. And I thought the, um, oh, you know, sorry, let me just look at that. The barrel girl gang was, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was up. I was up and down with that. Um, I thought parts. It depended of it on the creepy. dude really. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Cause some of them, um, were a lot creepier and mm-hmm. were done better than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll say that. I have to say, when you reminded me of the Russian mob, mm-hmm. I, I remember messaging you. Yes, being I do, like yeah. so angry about it because anytime that you bring the Russian mob into a show that is not about the Russian mob, that's the, the jump the shark moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's what made me think of it. Honestly, <laughs> was that because yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, that's all I'll say about the, and then I do, I do want to say though, that I do think, and I know I kind of jokingly said the ice truck killer was the best as far as like the method, <laughs> the methodology. Was good. I do think next, yeah, I do think next to Trinity, he was the best serial killer and not just because he was Dexter's brother. Um, I just thought he was the second creepiest. He was mm-hmm. just very very creepy um and his whole and the scene where deb realizes and when he does um Mm -hmm. the lozenge that whole scene was so creepy uh just because he did it so purposely purposefully um yeah that was just oh oh yeah and then i just want to say sorry no just that moment where he says something to her to make her feel better Mm-hmm. and it does work and then he's like is that what you needed to hear yeah but he doesn't do it maliciously like he genuinely doesn't want her to be so scared yeah he was yeah that was oh yeah and he to me that was, what was funny about that character is she found him so attractive and i was like i know and i was like really attractive. that guy <laughs> yeah I did nothing say, for me i'm so sorry i have to say yeah i i yeah mm-hmm. but yeah he was he was the second favorite yeah if, if trinity hadn't come along he would have been probably the best all-time best serial killer on the show at least yes for me. i agree um yeah yeah he was he was great and i want to give just a quick shout out this wasn't on the outline but i just want to say um a lot of episodes of dexter are directed by a guy named john Dahl, and i don't know if any are you guys familiar with no. him at all no he does and i know people sometimes have problems with these kind of movies but he does a lot of femme fatale type movies um he used to he hasn't done any in a long time um he did i just want to give him a brief brief shout out because one of the things i loved about dexter was that john Dahl would direct them in some of the best episodes like he directed um hungry man um but he has directed this movie called kill me again with val kilmer this um old 80s movie which i highly recommend val kilmer um, Val Kilmer's ex-wife, which now I can't remember her name. Um, he's now moved only to like TV. He also directed um, Red Rock West, which is another femme fatale one. And then probably the best one is The Last Seduction. Hmm. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to him because if you are into those kind of movies, um, I highly recommend those three. 
especially uh, the last seduction. Um, so yeah, so I, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to that. Sorry, no, guys, kind of sideline awesome. there. Um, <laughs> okay, so now let's get into the series finale. Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> I think that kind of sums up our <laughs> Can I start on that? Because nope. I'll be real quick. Yes. Yeah. Please do. I maintain that that final episode, when it naturally feels like it should end, should freaking end. It should not go on for the next 15 or 20 minutes that destroys everything. Just end it where it feels like it should end. I tell everybody when I recommend Dexter, I'm like, okay, you're going to watch Dexter. When you get to the final episode (laughs) and you think it should end, turn it off. There will be another 20 minutes. Don't do it. Just turn it off and end it. And I've told that's I've that's told good advice. Half a dozen people that like I just can't. It I it hurts my brain to think about that final episode. It lit like my brain hurts. I just ah uh, no. Okay, I'm that's it. That's all I got. I'm done. Go. Well, I have to I have to, I have to ask you really quickly, Sasha, um, because frequent guest on here, Sarah mm-hmm. Barnick. She's watching Dexter yep. right now. And she, she asked me if she should watch season eight. And I said, you know, it's painful. It's horrible, but you should still watch it. If you want to complete the whole thing. I didn't tell her not to finish this. Have you told her to stop it? Um, <laughs> no, no. But when we're done recording here, I will send her a message and let her know. There you go. <laughs> because there you go. Okay, just wanted to, yes. Yeah, I spare her as yeah. a friend, not even as a friend, as a human, like everybody should be <laughs> it is your my, duty my well, obligation I, well then i apologize carla because i didn't tell you <laughs> i had no warning <laughs> no actually you, you did say that the last couple of seasons were not your your real favorite thing i had no idea it would be that bad though like <laughs> I, I i just went into it kind of like oh you know how bad can mm-hmm. it possibly be and sucks <laughs> It was so awful. And, you know, like, I, I keep saying, and I keep saying season five, but I actually mean season four, um, right before Dexter finds Rita dead. Like, up until that point, the show's fantastic. Everything after that starts to slowly go downhill. And then in, in season eight, it finds an abyss and it takes like a, just a deep plunge, just like really goes for it, like revs it up. It just goes into that abyss. <laughs> It is phenomenal. It is a masterclass in how to take everything that you've developed over seven seasons mm-hmm. of your show and just cram it into a garbage display. Like the yes, like just really just <laughs> really make it into a mushy pile of crap. Because the sound effects take... are great. I'm sorry. That's not gonna <laughs> if you need somebody to do sound effects for you, Aaron, I'm your girl. <laughs> And it, it just, you know, they take everything you know about Harry and turn it on his head for no reason other than to make him maybe not quite so the bad guy. Um, because it can't possibly end on, you know, on the shoulders of a bad, uh, of somebody making bad parenting decisions. It has to be some other person's influence. And hey, it's a woman. Why not? Um, <laughs> y- you have... Uh, 
all of this just every thought that the characters have been sidelined in the three seasons previous huh, but wait there's more that we have more ways in which to make them completely irrelevant and more ways in which to make jamie look like a total just dumb dumb falling for quinn and guessing that he's more into deb and staying with him anyway um and somehow how is she managing to basically parent harrison and still go to school i don't understand that (laughs) how is it that dexter goes off like full nights and this woman is still able to get her schoolwork done while watching somebody else's child how how he works for the police department how does he afford that much child care it is not possible how does he afford adding onto an apartment by the beach how <laughs> explain to me how they don't make that much money like it's is he secretly like laundering money and they just don't, don't bother showing him the show because it's like oh we've run out of time we can't really explore all this dark sides doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> anyway so that the this last uh episode this finale mm-hmm. Okay, so you're telling me that not only is Deb not that, oh, wait, but now she's kind of mostly dead. So, you know, let's leave it in Dexter's hands to make her all the way dead and to take her to the ocean and just dump her into the sea. Now, I don't know if he thought he was going, if he just knew that he was going to survive going through a hurricane (laughs) in a little boat, which is just remarkably optimistic of him when he is very down on everything else but he trusts mother nature okay dude but if you're kind of thinking about it logically he thinks he's gonna die die embracing your freaking sister whom you just pretty much Mm -hmm. killed Mm -hmm. just you know just just hang on to her for a bit you know you're kind of the cause of all of her suffering for the last three years do her solid let her just be in your arms for a little bit. Like, would it really kill you? Apparently not, by the way, because then he goes off to be a lumberjack. Why? Why? Like, at what point has he shown skills that would lead someone to believe that that's where his next career path would take him? Into lumberjacking. How? Explain that to me. Somebody, please. Well, he does chop up his bodies, so maybe... (laughs) Yeah, but why not a butcher then? You know, like, something that makes sense. That would have made more sense. Like, butcher. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That makes so much more sense. Lumberjack? When did you see him doing construction? See, and if you had stopped 20 minutes sooner, you would have been spared from that visual atrocity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then him looking into the see? camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. With oh, his massive God. beard. Okay, dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was, um, and I, I posted on Facebook last night when I watched the series finale that, yep, just as rage-inducing as it was before, yeah. and one of my friends, he, he posted on there, he said, well, you could either look at it as the worst series finale ever, which is how I look at it, or you could look at it as the writers being very clever and getting people to talk about it, and then they, and then they posted a link to the Monty Python Lumberjack <laughs> song, so, or I'm, I'm a Lumberjack, so, <laughs> so that was pretty funny, but... <laughs> Yeah, it was, I think all around it was horrible, frankly, because you've got him entrusting his son to this woman who is horrible and a murderer (laughs) and a killer. And yeah, it's just, oh, that was horrible right there. 
How do you think Harrison's going to fare when he's in his teen years, huh? Exactly. Huh? Yeah, exactly. You think he, you, you think he's not going to get on her nerves? Well, uh, well, and she might kill like any woman who tries to date him or man who tries to date him or any I mean any kind of relationship he might get into, she probably will interfere with. I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible thing to do. Yeah. It, and it makes no sense, honestly. I don't even though Dexter was supposedly in love with her, which I never bought that, but it still doesn't make sense. I don't think Dexter would do that because I think he genuinely no. would want his son to be in safe hands. And I don't think that's a safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At no point mm-hmm. do we see anything but genuine love from Dexter to Harrison. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. But. Yeah. And, and I think um, even though I think the whole thing is pretty bad, I, I, I think the way they could have maybe redeemed it was to have Dexter go off into that hurricane and really seriously die, or we don't yeah. even know necessarily yeah. if he died or not. Just having it where everybody nope, thinks show him he's dead. dead. And even though I hate her, having the last scene be with Hannah walking away after she'd found out he's dead. And she showed just a little tiny bit of emotion. But walking away with Harrison. And that should have been the last mm. scene. And then we're it's left up to us to decide whether or not he died. Or, you know, I mean, I know we were all no. he would have been wrong i'm a lumberjack it ends with his disembodied head <laughs> just floating on that piece of yep. of of ship slice just like oh the you know slice of life oh and there's dexter's head he is clearly clearly dead guys there is no coming back from that one and then you see hannah being like oh ew you mean i have to be a single parent to like this kid no thanks Put someone on a flight back home to Orlando to be with his with his brother and sister. And then she walks off into the sunset. And we don't care what happens to her. Except, ooh, look, there's a huge garbage truck coming at her. Oh, no, she's dead. Aw, I'm so sorry well, the- that things turn out this way for Hannah. So sad. I like it. I'm in. Well, well that was my next question was going to be how would you have wanted the show to end? And you just said how you wanted it to end. Right? I am not even <laughs> going to guess. I'm I'm on board with Carla. I'm all about garbage truck out of nowhere like meat Joe Black style like up in the air dead body holy crap done. Fade to boom we're done. I just fix it for you. You're welcome Dexter writers. Send me my check. Um well, mine will be a little bit different because I have given it a lot of thought because, like I said in the beginning, this would have been my all-time favorite show if it hadn't been for the trajectory it took, uh, mainly in the la- later half of season seven and then season eight. I mean, I had issues with season six, mainly just the Deborah and Dexter stuff. Um but I, I was one of those that when people, people when it first aired had a problem with season five on, they all thought it should have ended with season four um, because of the quality. And I think a lot of people said it's just because season four was so good. Mm-hmm. So they had no way of topping yep. it. So they didn't know how to top it. Um, I was one of those that I was like, no, no, it's still great. Still great. And then season seven happened and I thought the first couple of episodes were good. And then it went downhill and season eight, I actually was okay with like the, the first episode, and then it all went downhill after that. Um, but what I think should have happened, and it makes no sense to me that this never happened, is I think with a show like this, with a character that is a serial killer, has been working in a police force, working amongst people who all seem to love him and admire him and respect him, even 
you know, I'm, I'm saying aside from Dokes and mm-hmm. Quinn and eventually LaGuerta, who LaGuerta loved Dexter for most mm-hmm. of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been only fair to have everybody find out who Dexter was. I think it makes no sense to have the show end with the only with every single person that finds out except for Hannah dies. Every single person that finds out about Dexter's identity is dead. Well, except for Hannah and, um, and, um, Lumen, Lumen. thank you. Um, they, you know, they're the only ones that survived, but it just makes no sense to me. Because they're blonde. <laughs> because they're blonde. Is that their superpower? <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's their superpower. <laughs> it requires no talent or any kind of anything other than than picking the right color in the drugstore aisle in the Clairol right. section. It has to be Clairol, that's all I'm saying. That's Not even Revlon, no, Clairol. That's funny. Yeah, but I, but I really think that's how it should have ended. Like I said, I think season seven should have ended with Deb either either deb shooting dexter not killing him but shooting him and then him getting arrested and the next season be all about people finding out and him being on trial seeing if deborah's gonna have to go to jail or not and also just learning you know maybe even some more history maybe even some more kills that they didn't know about um the force having to reckon with the fact that they're the worst police force in the whole entire country because <laughs> they never seem to solve anything or catch their guys <laughs> <laughs> and and they have to reckon with the fact that Miami is the serial capital of the world, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway, but I think that would have been much better spending the last season with him being on trial and then him being sentenced. Yeah. And we either see him just go to jail or we see him die. I think those are the only two outcomes that would be satisfying and that make any sense him going off and becoming oh, Jack is one of the most ridiculous <clears throat> things. I don't even know yeah. why they would even think of that. I mean, even him going off fine. If he were to go off and live somewhere else, that's fine. But as a lumberjack is, it's I know just like, of all the professions, like what? Why even come up with that? Like you said, a book made sense. A lot of things would have made more sense than him doing that. Yeah. But yeah, I just, yeah, I just think that's just, uh, uh, so I wanted to try and end on a positive note with us coming up with a fantasy way of it ending, and we kind of yeah. did, but still got back to the anger. Well, I, I will say that, that, that yours is my second favorite ending besides mine. <laughs> well, thank you. I, 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 do, You're welcome. I do like Hannah being killed by a I know. Truck. What I if we like mix that. them and we do kind of a combo yeah, of both where Hannah does get run over yes. and Dexter gets his comeuppance? Yes. I think that's a good idea. Yes. I've... I like that. But but then also I neglected to mention that Quinn is driving the garbage <laughs> truck because he got very sad and he moved to Argentina. And then he, after he runs into Hannah, he hits a wall because he's not paying attention anymore. It's it, it's also so tragic, you guys. It, I, so I'm so shedding tragic. a tear. You can't see it, but I'm shedding a one single little tear. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, um, I think we really, really covered Dexter well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You could say that. (laughs) And I told my husband, I'm like, oh, I'll be like maybe an hour and a half on this one. (laughs) I know. It ended up being pretty long. Um, But but anyway, I I enjoyed that because I, you know, like I said, I, 
have a lot of feelings for this <laughs> show. So it was really fun to talk about that. And um, yeah, and and long live Michael C. Hall. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, so let's go around and everybody can say where they can be found. And if you have anything to plug, start with you, Carla. Um, my name is Carla Temis. You can find me on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, all under Carla Temis. And you can also find my website, carlatemis.com, where you can see my photography and read my poetry and uh, see me talk about the show. <laughs> Because most of my blog posts are about its abandoned thing. Yes. Thank you so much for that, too. Yeah. And, of course, as always, we'll have a link to um, Carla's website in the show notes. And then, Sasha, are you still going to be remaining? Yep. I'm going <laughs> to stay <laughs> incognito. I'm, I'm digging. My okay. Mysterious Sasha. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. Well, and this is Aaron. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. Follow us on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. Um, and if you maybe you liked the ending of Dexter <laughs> and you have feedback on that, or you have a different scenario of how the show should have ended, or you're just a diehard Quinn fan and you want to stick up for him. Um, <laughs> uh, feel free to reach out to the show. At it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And next week we are going to be talking about streaming services and their impact on fandom and everything. So we're going to be talking about Hulu and Netflix and Amazon prime and probably a little bit of Disney plus and stuff. So that should be an interesting conversation. And until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Hey podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.